Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Jones Report. Time where Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, going to be joined by Haley Lewis, Big 12 now on ESPN Plus host, and also covering the Kansas City Chiefs for the KC Sports Network. We will get Haley's thoughts on what's going on in the Big 12, as well as the Chiefs, when she joins us coming up later on in the show. Plus, we'll have Coach Bo's football fix. Presented by O'Connor Advisory Group, along with our pigskin picks against the spread. And we'll also be bringing you our Tom Fullery story of the week, Big 12 breakdown, and more coming up on today's show. Joining me, as always, is Thomas Bridges, as uh, he is down to his final days in uh, the great state of Oklahoma before he joins me here in the state of Texas. Uh, Thomas, it's sinking in yet? Oh, it's sinking in. I got, as we're recording this, I leave in less than 10 days if you want to get down to the hourly. So, yeah, it is. I've got a lot of stuff packed. Um, and it is it is sinking in, my friend. I'm happy for you. Uh, that's exciting. Uh, the days uh, dwindling and are near before you uh, finally make this move to uh, the great state of Texas, you know. Uh, Tom, I was, I was thinking about this and, and you'll appreciate this as a, as a former Oki turned Texan like me. Uh, I feel like Texas is just a better version of Oklahoma. Like all the things that you and I grew up wanting, uh, Texas pretty much has and just does it better. Yeah, I think they do. And, uh, uh, you know, no state income tax is a big one. We do have Whataburger here. Um, you know, funnily enough, I don't base my moves on fast food places because I don't eat a lot of it. Body might say otherwise, but <laughs> I'm more of a I'm more of a refined refined uh, cal- caloric intake type person. I if, feel if like I ca- if if I were to have a criteria, Tom, of things I needed, like when it comes to food and products like that, of certain establishments in, in one area. I would need a Whataburger, a Quick Trip, a Bucky's, and a Brahms. If you give me that quadfecta, then I, I, I have it made. I'm not leaving. And I got that here in Dallas. Unfortunately for you, Tom, uh, as far as I know, no Brahms uh, might be the only one not on that list. And no Brahms. I really don't give a shit about the Bucky's. First thing I did when they offered me a job in San Antonio, I looked at how far my job would be from a quick trip. Not far at all. Um, and then eventually where I picked to live is about seven minutes away from the nearest quick trip. Um, and so I thought, well, that's perfect. That'll work. Because I don't, to be honest, I don't know if I could live somewhere without a QT. And this is, I mean, we're a pro T, or you were, we are a pro QT pod. But we've been for a long time. Oh, forever. We've never been not a pro QT pod. But just thinking about it, um, you know, this isn't a we're not this isn't an ad for QT by any means, but it's just that good. That's you know that's right. what it is. So, yeah. you know, and I say that speaking about QT, my last DJ gig here in Oklahoma is actually at the corporate office. So it's pretty fitting. Okay. So 
you're uh you're going out not with a bang but with a big cue yeah exactly um another thing too though when we talk about moving to texas um a pretty cool thing that i thought um gonna get in and out on the on the reg is in and out in san antonio now they have three locations and one is about 15 minutes away from me you know uh i'll say this Tom, I, I that was another one. Like growing up, we really wanted In and Out in Tulsa. Never got it. Uh, I remember there even being a social media hoax about In and Out coming to Tulsa. I have it here in Dallas, and I like In and Out, but I'll be honest, I don't go as much as I thought I would. Like I, uh, it's probably been a few months since I've been doing In and Out. To be honest, right? And it'll be it'll be cool for the first month. Maybe I'll have it one or two times. And then my when my parents obviously come down with me, we'll probably go there. Or they'll probably want to go there um, because they haven't been one in a long time. But to be honest, I guess if I was to say, what are you most excited about moving to San Antonio for? Like location, like consumer location wise, it's obviously got to be the HEB. Oh, and HEB is just now getting to Dallas. You're going to get to experience that more than I will. They're just now expanding here in the Metroplex. And uh, I've, I've been to HEB. I've been to the HEB markets, which are kind of like the Walmart neighborhood markets. Yeah. I've been to the big superstore type HEBs. Because when I first went to San Antonio, that's what everybody was like. Oh, you got to go to HEB. Like if you're coming down here for the Spurs, you get to, you know, HEB is... I think the I do believe it's the initials for the guy who founded it, but they've come up with they've come up with clever marketing of saying here everything's better. That's good. I I would add HEB to that list of uh, the things that you can't live without. It's HEB. It's like a better resource, way better resource. Resource sucks. Like, I like research. Now they sold out and they've got more expensive and they've got a little their, shit. Their meat department is terrible. Now, before they sold out, it was pretty good. I I, will I, not I come spend from the homeland. I come from the homeland. So, you know, my my homeland. You know, my my grocery store experience wasn't always the best. I still do enjoy a good homeland. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, okay. Um, you know, now getting HEB and my parents will be down there. We'll get down there Saturday and they'll be down there Sunday. And then I told them because they got a super cheap flight back to Tulsa on, on Monday, they both took off Monday and I told them, I'm like, well, obviously I can't be with you guys Monday. Cause that'd be my first day of work. But I'll let you guys drop me off. You guys can use my car to go do whatever and see whatever. And then after I get off work, you'll pick me up. I'll take you guys to the airport. Their flight leaves at 730. Um, but I'm excited, especially like Sunday. I'll have them all day Sunday to be like, okay, check this out. You Let's go to the HEB. I'll get groceries down at the HEB to stock the house. And they'll be like, Oh damn! Maybe in retirement we need to move down to San Antonio because Jones and I think all the Texas listeners or South Tulsa, or South Tulsa, South Texas listeners would agree. HEB is an experience for sure. It is. It is. There's no grocery store like HEB. Um, 
And, and you also get Kroger here. Uh, I like Kroger a lot as well. Uh, Did we, was the Kroger there in Lawrence by your apartment, that one we went to? So they go by different names in certain places. But, yes, the one in uh, Lawrence there is called Dillon's. And, oh. uh, and then when I lived in Omaha, the Kroger's up there were called Baker's. And you'll like this, Tom. In Utah, it had the most Utah name ever. The Kroger's there are called Smith's. Oh, my. Uh, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's hilarious. So when we went to meet made that Andy Reid Mac when I came to see in Lawrence, that was a Dylan's that we went into. Yes, which is and it's all the same, Kroger. like all the, the same company thing. as Kroger. Yes, it's all the same thing. Damn, so they're running big money. Oh yeah. So yeah. I felt like that. I felt like that. Um, Dylan's was pretty, pretty close to like a Reacher's. Like I believe we went in there and they had like a whole cheese mart. Oh yeah, they had all the like cheese. They, did we not talk to a guy that was like the cheese master? Yes, he said he was the cheese master. Is it the mat? Was there another name? Was the cheese master or was it like I oh mean, cheese monger? I think he should have called himself the cheese whiz. Oh yeah, that'd be a great yeah. So I'm excited for that. Obviously, there's no shortage of water burgers in San Antonio. Oh yeah, and, and I then told on you the about- other side. I told the you about side. Club Waterburger as well. There, uh, we got to hit up Club Waterburger on uh, downtown there. You know. So That's I've great. been to that one, but it wasn't because now do they serve alcohol in that one? No, but I mean, it, it feels like a club because it's two in, two out, and there's security at the door. You know. And, well, that, and then it's like right next to the Riverwalk. That was like one of the first Waterburgers I ever went to in San in San Antonio. To be honest. Yeah. Um, another thing. Last thing on this, because um, I love San Antonio. We could talk. We could have a whole show on San Antonio. Um, San Antonio Spurs have open practice on October 7th. And it's free for the public, but you had to apply for tickets to it. And they released that ticket lottery tomorrow. Um, and so I obviously applied because I'll be down there for it. And so that could get a little crazy, right? Um, sure. so I will know where you were recording this on a Wednesday night. I will know tomorrow night if I'm going to that open scrimmage, open practice. It's essentially the black and black and silver game. Um, so I'll know. And then, like I said, it's general admission. So you already know that I will be down, you know, waiting in line four hours early if I get tickets for that. So that that should be fun. That's great, uh, Tom. Let's uh, let's start with the NFL side of things. Then we'll get to college football. After that, uh, where where do we even start? This was a wild week one. Uh, we're going to talk Haley Lewis coming up later, but I got to say, credit to the Lions. As much as I hated and as painful as it was seeing the Chiefs lose last week. And you hear Mike Tirico say it was an asterisk win for the Lions. I mean, I give credit to the Lions. There's no asterisks in the NFL. Everybody did deals with injuries and guys sitting out. Uh, maybe it wasn't the prettiest win, but the Lions beating the Chiefs and the Chiefs receiving core just sucks. And that team without Travis Kelsey, now they get Chris Jones back. Um, you know, it, it's one of those deals, Tom. Like, I think the Chiefs did get exposed to an extent, but – 
you still got the best quarterback on the planet. Like you can't be too worried. Everything's going to be okay. Like I, I think that's bigger. It said more about the Lions than it did about the the Chiefs. I thought. You know, and they had their chances. And and here's, you know, if you want to talk about feeling real bad for just an individual, and you get million dollars, you get millions millions of dollars a year to fucking catch a football. Kadaris Tony should have caught. If he catches one of those, at least even the last one, Kansas City probably wins. I don't want to blame that loss entirely on him. Oh, he wins um, if he doesn't let that pick six happen to Brian Branch. Right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It ties the game up, gives gives Detroit new life. Uh, you, you want to talk about a coach that is not afraid to go for something? Uh, and Dan Campbell, I mean, the chips were stacked against you. No Travis Kelsey. Uh, when they get him back, it's it's over for these hoes. Yeah. Chiefs are going to um, be fine. They're going um, to be fine. They'll probably still even get the number one seed considering how the Bills looked and how even how the – I mean, Eagles aren't in their conference, but Eagles look like they didn't look like very good. The Bills look like shit. Cincinnati really looked bad. Yeah. They'll be fine. Yeah, Kansas City's going to be okay. Getting Chris Jones back, uh, it, it felt like a ceasefire, them just agreeing to – amend his current contract for now not an extension just to more incentives that's what it felt like uh just kicking the can down the road essentially yeah we'll just yeah we'll see you in a year right exactly um the other you know the, the other thing with with the chiefs you play the jags this week i think they're going to be fine um but a huge opportunity for trevor lawrence to make a statement the lions on their end i mean you play a seattle team Tom, that I think they're pretty evenly matched. But after the Seahawks lost their starting tackles, Abraham Lucas and Charles Cross, Lucas goes to IR for the next four weeks. Uh, Charles Cross probably not going to play this week. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson might have a field day on Geno Smith with uh, just being able to not have anybody that can block him, essentially. I mean, yeah, and not only that, how old is Jason Peters? 41. I mean, hell yeah, more power to him. Um, but it, he wasn't – did he play last year for – no, he didn't play last year. He played year for, for the, the Cowboys game, last year. He played 10 oh, games that's, started three for the Cowboys. So, nothing crazy. Um, but, I mean, yeah, better than nothing. Did they ever come out and say what the injury was? You say it was for Tyler Cross? Uh, for uh, Charles Cross. He, uh, oh, Charles Cross. Turf toe. Oh, okay, so two weeks max. And then I've seen some linger, but I've seen a lot worse injuries. But, I mean, yeah, uh, Geno Smith, I mean, you saw you sent me the clip of hit Aaron Donald coming at him, and he goes, oh, my God. <laughs> I mean – yeah, if he was scared of Aaron Donald, rightfully so. I mean, he's going to probably see a little bit more of Aiden Hutchinson this week. Right? Or not, sorry, yeah. Yeah, Aiden Hutchinson, sorry. Yeah. I mean, is that game in Detroit? It is. Could the Seahawks start out 2-0? and Would you be shocked? 0-2, you mean? I, I would not be shocked at all. Oh, sorry, yeah. 0-2. Fact, so, you mentioned the Chiefs. I wouldn't be shocked if they're 0-2. They might lose to the Jags this week in Jacksonville. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, 
Because I would say the Seahawks is, is are more likely to be open too than, than Kansas City. Is Jacksonville kind of similar? Tell me this. Are they a little similar to the Jags of the AFC? Is Jacksonville similar to the Jags? Or sorry, is Jacksonville like is Detroit as similar as Jacksonville? I can see it. The difference though, like Goff's a good quarterback, but Jacksonville's got a franchise quarterback. Yeah. I mean, the difference though, I I would say still in that is that Goff has been around a while. He's more even a veteran. I mean, obviously Trevor Lawrence is going to be better than Goff ever was at the end of the careers. But at this point, I mean, Jacksonville kind of has that same come-up season in terms of a franchise. Yeah. Um, we got to talk Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Rodgers, <laughs> 9-11, right? He's carrying the American flag. This, you know, looks like this picturesque moment. Um, and then four plays later, tears his Achilles. He's done. Um, I've heard all this argument about the turf and all that and, you know, the rain and I mean, it sucks and I, I, I hate it for Rogers. Um, it's the most jet thing ever though. Right, Tom? I mean, that they would spend everything that it took all that long saga this off season. And then that's what happened. And they're right back to Zach Wilson. Uh, I mean, I hate it for them, but it's so on brand. It hurts. Oh my God, it's so on brand, and and you know, it's kind of like he's kind of like I don't want to say that I'm gonna say it. It's kind of like um, you know spraining your ankle or your foot, but in in a pickup basketball game, but you still hit the game winning shot when you do it. That's kind of like the Jets right now. That at least a small consolation that they beat the Bills in a divisional game, right? Um, they're looking for veteran quarterbacks right now. Well, they're going to go with Zach Wilson for now. We've heard uh, Robert Sala say Zach Wilson's his guy. I mean, you say that, just wait till he gets his ass kicked by the Cowboys this week. Oh, he's going to get his ass eaten. You and that's I mean? another team, by the way. Cowboys last week looked like the best team in the league. And I know Richard Sherman ran his ass and said, you know, it doesn't matter. They, they beat, you know, Daniel Jones. And, and I get it. The Giants may have overpaid Daniel Jones and all that, but the Giants have a good all-around roster. Uh, to go on the road, put an ass kicking like that, Cowboys are for real. So is my is my Cowboys Super Bowl pick, is it that bad after week one, you think? That bad? I think it's that great. I, I think you I, I think you might be onto something. Dallas looked like a championship team. I mean, that defense looked like the freaking steel curtain, baby. Yeah. And I mean, that was, I could, my jaw was dropping. Granted, it was dumping buckets of rain in East Rutherford, but and, damn. And even offensively, Dak did everything he needed to do. I mean, yeah, didn't have to overdo it. I mean, the man didn't even throw a touchdown, but he, he, he didn't do too much or didn't try to do too much. Right. Um, the uh, the team the uh, Jets beat the Bills. Josh Allen had three interceptions that game. Didn't have to face Aaron Rodgers and still found a way to lose. Tom, 
I, I hate to sound like I'm overreacting, but I got to say, the Bills might be frauds. They might might have gotten exposed here. I mean, they, they've come up short the last two years, getting eliminated in the divisional round. Josh Allen has more turnovers than any quarterback in football in the last three years. And delay that egg, I mean, what the hell was that from the Bills? Like, this week, I mean, they play the Raiders. They should be fine. But uh, the Bills, frauds, yes or no? Well, funny thing is, we just get off talking about how my Dallas pick for the Super Bowl is looking great. On the flip side of things, I picked the Bills to face them and win the Super Bowl. They did not look great. I'm not ready to sound the alarm on the Bills just yet. Okay. I think Aaron Rodgers getting hurt, maybe changed the game plan a little bit. Still not an excuse to lose, but, I mean, they have some work to do. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Um, And then a couple more teams I want to talk about here uh, real quick. The Bengals, you mentioned how bad they were in their loss to the Browns. Um, They play the Ravens this week. Ravens started out slow, had a nice finish. But the Ravens lost how many guys to injuries? Let's start with Baltimore there. Um, You know, we saw Marcus Williams go down. Marlon Humphrey was already hurt. J.K. Dobbins is out for the year. Tyler Linderbaum got hurt. Ronnie Stanley got hurt. There has not been a more unlucky team in the NFL the last two or three years than the Baltimore Ravens. I think they're a talented team, and if they were healthy, they could beat in the AFC, but they, they they just might be cursed, Tom. I mean, the injury bug is crazy in Baltimore. But if you want I don't to want drink them, whatever is in that water there. Yeah, no, like, yeah, they need some calcium or something in that water. Like, get that but, total fluoride in that water there, wouldn't you know? I'm not – you know, even in our little fantasy group chat that I have with some other guys, someone, they talked about Dobbins before drafting, and they're like, well, I'm not touching Dobbins because that's where running backs go to die. <laughs> they, you know, quarterbacks go to die in Cleveland, running backs go to die in Baltimore. Um, And if you would have told me Dobbins, I and I haven't ever drafted Dobbins for the record, and I would have maybe in his rookie year, but after the injuries, he's he's like even worse than the Derrick Rose of the NFL. And his career never even took start. Like, and after this, Dobbins is going to come back from the umpteenth injury? I don't think so. I think he's done. He's finished. Yeah. Uh, the Bengals, you know, they, they, they looked like garbage last year, week one. Joe Burrow threw four picks. They played terrible last week. Um I'm not worried. I, I think the Bengals, you bring in a, a, a conference, you know, a division rival at home and looking to bounce back. Uh, I am I would say I'm more concerned about Buffalo than I am Cincinnati. I think the Bengals have been there, done that before. I think they're going to be fine. I think so, too. And, you know, Burrow has got that – has he got that dog in him? <laughs> so, I think they'll be fine, but that's an interesting game this week. Yeah, I think so. Last team I want to touch on, uh, the 49ers absolutely dismantled the uh, Steelers. Now they play the Rams. They're coming off a really good win against the Seahawks last week. Uh, the Niners have have had the Rams number uh, you know, over the years. 
And when they go into SoFi Stadium, you know, they 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 call that place 49ers house. Um, Brock Purdy did more than enough last week. They looked like a complete team. I'll, I'll say this. I was so impressed watching that Rams game. Tom, I expect the Niners to win, but if the Rams show anything like they did last week, there's no reason why this shouldn't come down to the wire be a close game. I agree. And I was shocked that the Rams showed up like they did. No Cooper Cup. Kind of has it. They're like the third youngest team in the NFL. And, you know, every it feels like a gritty team. Um, and I don't expect them to beat the 49ers, but if they do, I won't be shocked. But, I mean, Brett Maher for the Rams, you know, new kicker, used to play for Dallas, looked great too. So if it comes down to a kick, didn't he still miss? Uh, yeah, he had that block kick. I mean, yeah, but that's probably not more on. It's really not maybe on him more than it is the protection. But right. you know, I, they're still figuring things out. But you know, the 49ers might be the best team in the league right now. So I'm not expecting to win as a Rams fan, but if they do win, I won't be shocked. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can not, see not after last week's performance. Right. Uh, so there you go. That's our look around the NFL this week. We'll have more uh, NFL discussion uh, and have our picks as well when Bo joins us coming up later on. But uh, with Haley Lewis stopping by in just a bit, we'll set the scene for Haley and shift gears to our Big 12 breakdown for this week. Big 12 Breakdown, Tyler Jones, Thomas Richards here with you with a comprehensive look around the Big 12 Conference, and we begin, as we always do, with our Big 12 Hot Takes. Tom, we're two weeks in. Uh, what's your uh, what's your hot take this week? Jones, I think I'm going to have to stick with it. Let me just take a look, though. I want to go OSU again for a hot take. I have like, mine. Like first... I have mine. If you're if you're still needing a minute to confirm yours, yeah, go ahead. All right, my hot take this week. Um, I said it before the season. I'll say it again. As much as it pains me to say, trust me, it does. Tom, uh, and we can check the tape back on this later. Texas is back. Uh, what they did to Alabama, and that's a good Alabama team. I mean, I know that Milrow didn't play great quarterback, but they are good everywhere else. And Texas was the better team. They bullied them at the line of scrimmage. Quinn Ewers was was really good. I thought Xavier Worthy was the best player on the field. Texas is legit. They're one of the most talented teams in the country. They are here to compete not just for the Big 12, but for the national title as well. Watch out, Texas is back, and they just put not just the Big 12, but the nation on notice. That's my hot take this week, Tom. All right, I got, I've got – we won't go OSU this time. I think OSU covers the seven-point spread against South Alabama at home. Oh, I never really – That's not a hot take. That's not a hot take. Maybe it is for some of you. Here's one, though. Well, here's here's two parts. BYU goes into Fayetteville and they beat the Hogs. Ooh, the Mormons. 
the Mormons are going on a mission in Fayetteville, <laughs> and they're going to deliver. They're going to deliver an ass whoop in the word of Joseph Smith. No, I'm not. I'm kidding. Not an ass whoop, but I think they. I'm going to say they win. Um, I think Wyoming has it out for the Texas teams, and I think Wyoming covers in Austin. You think Texas do for a little letdown after that Bama win? I think I think it's going to be a little hangover. Okay. I think I think Wyoming plays it within seventeen. Line is twenty nine and a half. I think Wyoming scares early. Texas ends up winning by like maybe sixteen, seventeen points. Okay. Um, you mentioned BYU. Uh, here's where I'm at with BYU, Tom. Only winning fourteen nothing week one. Defense obviously played good. The next week they play Southern Utah. They give up sixteen points, but they score forty one. Um. I don't know about BYU's offense. Uh, you know, Slovis, their quarterback, he's thrown for nearly 500 yards and four touchdowns. Um, I don't know what offense is going to show up for BYU. If they if they play like they did last week, I think, granted it was Southern Utah, then they have a, they'd have a chance. But I, I don't know if they have the offense to hang with K.J. Jefferson and the Hogs like that. I think they get up for. I think they. I think BYU is one of those teams that play down to their opponents. I think. I think. Like I said, it's a hot take, and I'm. You know, I'm not betting any money. Right. But I'll brag about it if I'm right. We won't talk about it next week if I'm wrong. Right. But give me, give me the Mormons to upset the. Okay. The uh, Woo Pigs who's in Fayetteville. I like that. I like that. Tom, let's go through the uh, Big 12 slate this week. Um, beginning bright and early, first thing in the morning, K-State, Mizzou. K-State's 2-0. They played really good through the first two weeks. Will Howard's been fantastic. The defense has been strong. Mizzou is just awful. EY Drinkwitz can't coach. Um, I fully anticipate K-State walking into Como and just beating the crap out of Mizzou here. This is your – this is – this game for you is like my OU Texas. Um, but I will gladly root for K State over Mizzou in this game, though. Okay, there you go. That's that's fair. That's the answer I was looking for. Yeah, I think, I, and I'm nervous for K State in like two weeks to come to Stillwater and whoop OSU's ass because I think that's some of the OSU's first loss. But I think that's yeah, one K-State. thing we're going to see from K State, and they they did that last year of the teams they face, like. It's not just wins they stack up. They 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 show up with a can of whoop ass. Yeah, I'm I'm afraid, unfortunately. Um Long Out Island and Baylor. Baylor's 0-2. Uh had a chance against Utah last week. Blake Shapin obviously is out for a bit. Uh, you know, played awful against Texas Tech, Texas State. Tom, I don't know if a team it's more excited ever to face an FCS opponent than Baylor is after their rough start here. Oh, and how degrading that loss at the end must have been to Utah. Um, I'm not going to say Long Island's going to win. For what it's worth and for the beef I have with Baylor, I hope Long Island does win. They won't, though. <laughs> I hope they do, though. I'll be rooting for Long Island. I'll I'll be honest. I didn't even know Long Island played football. Neither did I. 
Um, Iowa State and Ohio. Uh, Iowa State last week showed no life uh, offensively against Iowa. They kind of made it an interesting game in the second half, losing 20 to 13. But now you play Ohio on the road. Iowa State's only favored by three here. Um, we've seen some of these trap games before already in the league, Tom. Uh, I don't think Iowa State's very good. I, I wouldn't be sleeping on Ohio if I'm out of state here. Mm, I'm going to sleep on Ohio. I like Iowa State to go ahead and get it done. Okay. Um, OU coming to Tulsa to play Tulsa. Basically going to be a home game for the Sooners there uh, in the 918. OU coming off uh, a game against SMU that they didn't play their best offensively. They finished strong. Um, obviously, there was uh, some controversy after the game with Art Bryles showing up and how Jeff Levy responded and all that. And I mean, I, I thought Jeff Levy handled that very poorly. It was pretty cut and dry in his contract that Art's not supposed to be around. And that's a pretty bad look for OU to have Art Browse there. And, you know, it'd be one thing if if uh, Jeff Levy was doing a kick-ass job and he says, you know, hey, I can do whatever I want. But Jeff Levy's not doing that great of a job and trying to bring Art Browse around, I thought looked pretty pathetic. Um, but with that said, Dylan Gabriel's had some flashes the offense has been great one week and just kind of average last week. Defenses look really good through two weeks. You had to, to Tulsa here. I think last week, Tom, I would guess, would be a wake-up call. TU just doesn't have a ton of talent on that roster. There's no reason why OU shouldn't be able to blow the doors off TU here. Is it going to be as bad as Arkansas State? No. TU did put up a little bit of points on Washington, not many. I think they put, I mean, I guess 10. 10. But, <clears throat> I mean, it wasn't a horrible game for TU. And that they played in Washington. Doesn't really matter, like you said, though, because it's a home game for OS, or for OU. Um, I like TU to make it not interesting, but uh, I, I think TU, you think TU puts up at least 10 points? Uh, I would put no more than 10. All right, that's fair enough. All I'd right. say I'd say if they score two touchdowns, uh, TU's happy. Let's go through uh, the rest of these. Uh, some of these a little quicker than others. UCF Villanova. UCF's two and zero. Quarterbacks down. Taking on an FCS school. Uh, I'd be more intrigued with this if it was a basketball game. But even with uh, UCF short a quarterback here, uh, they should put away Villanova just fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Bounce house, baby. Um, Cincinnati taking on Miami of Ohio. This is a very good rivalry game, actually, that has still continued on. But I got to say, Tom, I've been very surprised with Cincinnati. 2-0, and Emory Jones is playing fantastic, close to 500 yards, seven touchdowns. Uh, Cincinnati off to a good start, and I bet you they're already licking their chops at uh, their Big 12 opener next week when they play OU. Oh, you think they will? I mean, for sure. I mean, they did beat Pitt last week. Good start for them. They should handle business. OSU in South Alabama. Who's OSU starting quarterback, Tom? Who needs to be the guy? Man, honestly, here's the deal. And this is a whole different deal for a different day, too. But 
Conspiracy theory, Gundy is running Ollie Gordon more plays to make Gunner Gundy's offense look better than the rest of them as a nepotism conspiracy. Probably <laughs> by the end of the season. Where, I'm not kidding. Gunner, Gunner Gundy will probably be the starting quarterback because Gundy's says, done, if you don't want to be fired, you'll call the better plays when my son's in. It's it's a fucking nepotism conspiracy. It's bullshit. Wrangle has looked the best. Best ball, less under pressure. Gundy is Gundy is setting his kid up for to make it look like he's the best quarterback. Oh, that's and using this quarterback competition as a oh I didn't pick my kid. I I, I didn't see the conversation going there, but you know what? You might actually make a little bit of sense there, Tom. Uh, I think that's what's happening. OSU is only a seven-point favorite, by the way. Uh, South Alabama is not horrible. Knowing Casey Dunn will win by ten. Um, Tech and Tarleton State. Uh, I think Texas similar both to Baylor. They had never been more thrilled to be facing an FCS opponent in uh, this circumstance. Uh, very much a must-win game and. Uh, I'll say I was impressed. They 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 held their own with Oregon last week. Uh, they had a chance to win that game. They didn't know much the same way Baylor didn't. So, you know, sure they'll win this game, but you know, all right. If they you know if they don't, then cause for concern for uh, for that whole staff. We talked about BYU Arkansas earlier. Uh, Pitt and West Virginia. West Virginia, Mountain Mama, Take Me Home, Country Roads. Uh, Pitt losing last week to Cincinnati. West Virginia losing the week prior to Penn State. Backyard Brawl is a very good game. I, I think this should be competitive. But selfishly, Tom, what, what I'm – if I were to root against any Big 12 team this week – I, I I would if I were a West Virginia fan this week, I would almost be wanting to hit to just go ahead and slaughter West Virginia and take that program out of their misery and, and get rid of Neil Brown already. The Bruce Weber effect. Yes. I mean, yeah, I do think West Virginia is gonna get the dub though. They're favored by a point and a half. It is in Morgantown. Games at night in Morgantown. It's not cold. It's probably gonna feel Oh man, I'm, it's it's going to be jacking off weather. Um, <laughs> to be honest with you, I mean I'm I'm jealous. I can I can feel that crisp air and that moonshine, baby. Um, that's jacking off weather. I don't care who you are. Um, wow, give me give me the Mountaineers, baby. I'm rolling. I'm rolling blue and gold, baby. That's the analysis people come to this show for, right there. Uh, that jacking off weather. Can you imagine Travis Myers said, hey, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you don't need a light jacket. You don't even need jeans. You know, you can you have a light jacket, but uh, the only jacket you need is the jacking off weather. That's oh, what you'll get downtown Tulsa tonight. Stop. Stop. You know, you're killing me. I, um, I could be I could be a NSFW meteorologist. I'd be. I'd you be are. You are. Um. <laughs> Texas Wyoming, we talked about. We said that we expect uh, Texas to. Uh, you said you think Wyoming keeps it a little more interesting. I, I think Texas is going to pick up from where they left off last week. TCU and Houston, the first conference game of the year. 
two old Southwest Conference foes. Game is at Houston. TCU. Houston's bad. TCU is only a seven and a half point favorite. I, I, I think this is the lock of the week, lock of the century. TCU yep. should be able to blow the doors off Houston. Yeah, put your fucking paycheck down. Houston's horrible. Houston, Houston is, I mean, Rice, don't get me wrong. Like Houston beat UTSA at home by three and then took it to two OTs versus Rice. If TCU doesn't bend them over, um, then Tony Dykes has got some questions to answer if he's a fluke. Um, KU going uh, all the way to Nevada. Not Nevada, by the way. You're a cop if you call it Nevada. Um, That's like calling Mazios. It's Mazios. Not Nevada. It's Nevada, bitch. I think think my dad calls it Nevada. uh, Does he call it Reese's or Reese's? Reese's. Yeah, Yeah. If you call it Reese's and you say Nevada and Mazios... You're going to hell. Uh, my dad also says Colorado. There's not an A at the end of that. Right. <laughs> Does he say wash or wash? He says wash. Okay. Okay. He's still a respectful human being. Okay. For now. Uh, <laughs> KU uh, had a great start last week. Didn't necessarily finish well, but. They, I think, beat Illinois better than what that final score indicated. Nevada is not a good team. They're 0-2. KU's favored by four touchdowns. Uh, I think there's going to be some people watching this game because it's so late at night. I expect, Tom, uh, we see the Jalen Daniels show. I think he he goes off in prime time here. Well, I think he's probably going to play the first two halves and then Jason Bean's going to come in. Um, because let's be serious, Idaho, the Idaho Vandals, the Kibbe Dome, Idaho Vandals beat Nevada last week, thirty-three-six. And they're in the after FCS. Nevada, Nevada, Nevada got that ass whoop from USC. Is uh, is O uh, Norvell the uh, the old OU coach still uh, their head coach in Nevada? There, I don't know. Did Norvell used to coach? the chargers um let's see quick google i'm trying to think i think he did have a small stint with san diego nevada football oh no norvell's gone it's ken wilson yeah that sounds like the that sounds like some old joe blow off the street ken wilson serving those ken's pizzas at mazio's yeah, he would. Um, where else? He he's been previously assistant at Nevada for nineteen seasons, so he's no stranger. Um, he's not a very good coach so far. He definitely uh, would call it Mazios. Yeah, he would, and and you know, does KU? I think KU could win this game by the first half, and then. Go straight south and, you know, maybe have a time in Vegas before taking a Spirit Airline flight back to Lawrence. And Reno's a little far from Vegas. Maybe they go to Lake Vegas. Tahoe. Maybe they go to Lake Tahoe or something, you know, for. You know, uh, listen, 
Nevada's so bad that, you know, they have OSU's old quarterback, Shane Illingworth, and he's not even the starter. Really? So, yeah, surprise. Um, I don't think he even played last game. So, if if now, I will say it would be a little funny if KU somehow dropped this game. I know you wouldn't think that's funny, but this – I, I think KU is, is very this confident. your is this your spooky game of the week? No, it shouldn't be. It's not in Lubbock. It is a late game though. But Jalen Daniels, him and his, uh, you know, Apple Watch chain, they should be okay. Okay. Uh, Haley Lewis set to join us next. Don't go anywhere. Joining us now on Jones Sport this week, making her return. It's been a long time, but uh, we're pleased to uh, welcome back uh, the one and only, the uh, very talented uh, Haley Lewis is uh, here with us now with uh, Big 12 now on ESPN Plus, hosting their uh, weekly uh, Big 12 show, Big 12 Weekly. Also did some work with the KC Sports Network and uh, many other things as well as uh, she joins us right now. Haley, uh, I know it's it's been a minute, but... Uh, Pleased to welcome you back, and uh, sounds like you got some exciting things going on these days. Tyler, what an intro. I should always be a guest on your show. I didn't know that you hyped us up so much. I, I always appreciate you having me on, and yeah, like you said, life's busy, and it's it's crazy. Like, we're already in week three of college football, going into week two of the NFL, and trying to keep our heads on. I'm sure you are, too, but uh, appreciate you having me on. Always fun to chat with you. Of course, Haley. Uh, let's, uh, let's get started first and foremost with... Uh, the the Big Twelve side of things with uh, this gig yeah. going on with uh, Big Twelve now on ESPN Plus. What's what's going on with that show and uh, and how can people watch? Yeah, yeah. So it's on it's on ESPN Plus every single Tuesday night at five p.m. Uh, we break down everything going on around the Big Twelve, which is a lot right now with all the conference realignment. Uh, two new schools or two schools leaving next year, and four more coming in. Uh, and then, of course, the freshman four who are here now. So every single week, uh, like I said, Tuesdays, 5 p.m. ESPN Plus, you can catch the show. We break down everything going on in the Big 12 Conference, uh, the craziness, the dramatic heartbreaks, uh, the the good drama and the bad drama, right? So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And the big story this week, of course, uh, Texas getting that win over Alabama right? on the road. Uh, what a performance from the uh, Longhorns, in particular, what they did in that second half to, to get that road win. <laughs> Dude, Quinn, Quinn Ewers is the real deal, and I think that kind of sealed the deal. I know it's really early in the season. There's a lot more to prove. But, you know, I think, Tyler, the biggest thing going into that one or into the season was the fact that could Texas really live up to all that preseason hype? And I think we saw it. You know, they, they took down Bama. Uh, they they snapped their winning streak at home, and, and I think are especially against non-conference schools. And the ability for Texas to be able to do that – capitalize on the players that they have I mean I think this is probably one of the best rosters they put together in years and it really was all about yours coming back this season with a new mindset a new haircut a new mindset a new diet all of that stuff followed as well and we got to see it pan out you know they they are the team right now if you're not looking outside of the conference they're the team right now to beat oh yeah uh incredible what they did and and the question I had about Texas going in this year Haley was you saw the roster, and they were as talented as any team in America, other than maybe Georgia, entering this year. But 
Right. Sark put it together. Could the Texas ego be overcome? And uh, I, I was very impressed with Sark and that coaching staff, the way that they they handled that game and came in with just a great game plan uh, for Alabama last week. Yeah, Sarkeesian, he's done an amazing job with the talent he has. And, and you kind of alluded to it in the beginning there. This is a team that it came back with one of the most talented, the biggest depth. You know, a lot of people were talking about the return of other schools, the return of like TCU, a team who had gone all the way to that national stage. But they just they didn't have the depth that that returned. And also the star studded coaching staff that has not only the experience, but the years with this team. And so I think this is really the best team they've been able to put together in the last couple of years, especially under Sartesian's um tenure there so far and they have the depth they have the talent they have the veteran leadership it's just really going to be can they perform in those clutch key moments when they come up against big schools because they have a they have a hard slate ahead and I think that they proved that with Bama again on a national stage it's pretty much up from here if they can just keep proving what they already have Ailey Lewis joining us here uh, of uh, Big 12 Now and ESPN Plus, also the KC Sports Network as uh, we're talking uh, Big 12 football here. Texas with a big win over Alabama last week. And uh, now with, with Quinn Ewers there, and and mm-hmm. I, I got to tell you, we, we mentioned Sark and him overcoming pressure. Haley, what about Quinn here of uh, year two? Right. So, Number one overall player and Arch Manning waiting in the wings here. Yeah, I was impressed of, of how well he he dealt with just so much pressure. All eyes on Quinn Ewer. There's, yeah, I can't imagine there's too short of a leash either with not just Arch there, but Malik Murphy who had a good offseason. Right, right, and and I think the pressure he felt it. He got down, you know, and he did what he needed to do during the offseason. He's talked a lot about that in interviews, especially with the media. Uh, you know, he he cut the hair, right? He changed his entire diet. He studied the deep playbook that Texas has on their offense and really dug into it because I think he felt the pressure. And what makes an athlete elite is not necessarily their talent, but how they perform under that kind of pressure. He had a target on his back, not only from the nation looking in on him, but also from people running running to get his job. And he performed well. You know, it was week two last year against Bama where they had that heartbreaker of a loss and he got hurt in that one uh, and then able to rehab and come back this year a whole new person. So the ability to perform under pressure from outside perspectives, also from your own team and just knowing that you have people chasing you down for your own job. That's what makes someone elite. And I think he proved that because last time or last year we saw there were times where he looked like this, you know, Heisman winning quarterback and then other times where he just kind of looked lost. And I haven't seen that side of him this year at all. He, he, he's been lights out. Oh, he certainly has. Uh, I've been very impressed for sure. So enough about Texas. Uh, what about some of the other teams in the league? Who's uh, grabbed your eye so far through uh, two weeks, Haley? I mean, you, you always got to look <laughs> who's grabbed my eye in a bad way. Let me tell you, I just can't I can't get over what Baylor what's going on there. It's bad. I mean, yeah. you feel bad for them going 0-2. It's, it's like the first game, especially the Texas State upset. You, you're you excited for Texas State and what they're able to pull off, but one of the worst losses the Baylor Bears have had in the past decade. And, and just it's heartbreaking to see. And, you know, they're definitely on the hot seat going into this next week. And then the Utes, you know, Utah's coming into the conference next year. We know they're good. And they just allowed them to creep back into that game and and end up losing that one as well. So I think, I hate to say it in a negative way, but eyes are on the Baylor Bears and how they respond because 
we saw TCU, you know, they had a hard, heartbreaking loss to Colorado, but we realized Colorado is extremely talented after watching them for two weeks. So TCU bounces back easy in week two. No, no concerns there. They're going to be a team that that regrows that depth, you know, kind of bolsters up again, and, and they're going to be in that, that college football playoff conversation yet again. But um, I, I kind of got my eyes also on BYU, one of the newcomers. If they can really pull it together and, and be as talented as they they have the potential to be, their defense is gritty. They look good, but since he also looks good, you know, Scott Satterfield's got his team rolling, uh, rolling there. And I'm, I'm trying to think of the, uh, the other ones that really stand out. UCF has their quarterback out. Plumlee is now now hurt for a couple of weeks. But, yeah, Baylor is really the biggest one on my radar. They're using a backup quarterback. They got men down. They're on the hot seat. How do they respond? Because it's a hard conference to play in. You know, right. OU is always rolling. And OU's showing that again, that they're probably going to be a really hard team to beat. Texas, you know, of course, we've spent a lot of time talking about them. TCU will always be TCU. And, and I think they're going to prove that they can continue to be at that top tier level. So it's really how does the rest of the pack or, or excuse me, how does the rest of the Big 12 shake out? And I think we're going to see I think we're going to see that because they don't have much time to get it together before a whole four new schools come in and shake things up again. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Oklahoma there and that OU team through two weeks. I don't know how you feel, Haley, but I, I, I feel like I still don't know who they are. They looked incredible week one. But then last week. The offense was so lethargic yeah. and took so long to get going. We know they got talent with Dylan Gabriel and and some right. of the players there. I, I would I would say the biggest positive for OU is that their defense has held up these last two weeks when they've had so many issues with that defense over the years. I think that's the best way to say it. You know, you got a head coach who's defensive minded and the defense has been able to roll when the offense can't get going. You just said it. I, I, that Gabriel has been good enough but not great. Their offense has not hit that perfect rhythm. And I mean, when you have turnovers and penalties, yeah, it's going to happen. You're not going to be able to get in that perfect rhythm. So OU is always going to be talented. They're, they're always a good program. Uh, last year, you know, we saw them start out great and then have a, some hiccups going on this year. Again, they haven't played anyone worth, you know, saying would be, would be give them an actual fight or run for their money. Um, but the defense holds up, you know, they got Stutzman on, on, on their side and, and he had a heck of a game last week. And we'll just have to see how things shake out because if they can't get that offense rolling, as we know, even with championship caliber defenses in the NFL, you can't maintain enough production or outdo what a, what a firing offense will be able to do in the Big 12. It's just too much to combat if your offense can't get rolling. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Haley, I, I got to ask you about my Jayhawks. Uh I was very <laughs> impressed with what they did on on Friday yeah. against Illinois. I, I don't think that score was indic indicative of how much they dominated that game through three quarters. They kind of, you know, let off the gas there in that second half. But, uh, you know, Jalen Daniels making his season debut was phenomenal. Devin Neal ran the ball well. Defense was good uh, for that first half. Lance Leipold, once again, looks like he's got a a, a really good team there in Lawrence. Yeah, the culture shift, man. It's just insane what he's been able to do. And he came in, and we know this right off the bat, he made that call, a very tough call with a few players who were in a disciplinary situation. And and he put his foot down, and he made it clear to the team that the culture was going to change. And I think that's one of the best things he ever did because the culture has changed. 
at Kansas. And that was a huge point of emphasis when he took over that program. I know, I know there was a couple of disciplinary issues early on. And he put his foot down and, and he made a statement. And so far, everyone has followed and fallen in line. And you can see his paying off on the field because he has changed the culture and changed how things happen for Kansas football. And now the national media is talking about him, you know? They're talking about Kansas like Kansas is the real deal. This is the this is not the basketball program only kind of team. And and you mentioned Jalen Daniels coming back. Uh, that was incredible to see him return after not playing since all the way back in, what, uh, December of last year uh and then I thought it was cool to see the little trickery that they played on on that first series they put Jalen Daniels and Jason Bean uh in the same and and Bean was playing as his tailback I believe so pretty cool to see this this team is definitely going to be hard to beat you were right about Illinois they let them creep back in that score does not reflect how much they dominated that game And, and Devin Neal good lord have a day I mean have a season honestly so so this is definitely a team you need to keep your eyes on. I'm actually surprised I didn't bring that up when you asked me who was watching or who to watch in the Big 12 because I'm trying not to be too much of a homer being based in Kansas City. Uh, I have no ties to the University of Kansas, but it's hard not to get hyped about the Jayhawks because of what they've been able to put together. Last year, everything obviously stalted, or halted after they played TCU. Kind of kind of killed the momentum, especially when Daniels wasn't able to play. But they got all the missing pieces back. I, I think this is a team that's going to be hard to beat. You know, uh, Haley, I know that, that Belmont, uh, you know, isn't much of a, you know, doesn't have a football program. Uh, you can come over to our side. You know, we, we would welcome you in uh, <laughs> if you want to, you know, join the family with the Jayhawks here. You're more than welcome to come on board. Uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, let me ask you about the other team in the Sunflower State, uh, K-State. They've looked real good through two weeks, and uh, the reigning Big 12 champions, Will Howard is back, Chris Kleiman doing a great job. Um, I mean – Nothing but positives. I I can only imagine from what they've done through two weeks here. Yeah, they they've been incredible as well. Will Howard coming back. Uh, that was just a huge a huge move to have a senior and leadership and his knowledge of the offensive playbook be able to rejoin with the Cats this year and then to see what they were able to do. You know, Big Twelve champs last year being able to take TCU down to the wire uh, and be able to gut out that win. Um, just this is a team that I, I talked so much about culture when I was talking about Kansas, but also Kleinman's been able to change the culture in Manhattan as well. And what they've been able to do with their program is is so impressive. K-State's electric, you know, they they have they have all the tools. It's just gonna and they brought again, they had the leadership, they brought in the depth again. So they're they're rolling. It's really can they pick up where they left off? Can they keep that momentum rolling? Now they have a test of Mizzou ahead. Now I'm not saying Mizzou is going to be the hardest test in the world. I think that they're going to roll over the Tigers uh, in Como, uh, which is I think is also odd. It's the first time they're going there since 2010. They, they've played them obviously last year, but they haven't been to Como. So it's going to be a fun game. But, but K-State, again, is one of those teams that could really take off. It's just going to get into a little bit of conference play for me to give you more of an opinion. But, but K-State, right. again, returns the depth they have the veteran leadership, and the coaching staff. I mean, their offensive coordinator, his his quarterback mind is just – it will blow your mind the things he will say. Sometimes I'm like, can you can you slow that down? <laughs> I need to re-watch that interview because he's just so – his football IQ is so high. Um, they, they really have a lot of talent on that roster and their coaching staff. Haley, uh, last thing on the Big 12 here, and then uh, we can uh, move on. Uh, this week's slate, I know it's not the best by, by any means, but uh, – 
there are some things that that intrigue me. You know, you have your first conference game of the year with TCU in Houston. You mentioned that K-State-Mizzou matchup uh, there, uh, an old Big 12 rivalry. And then Pitt and West Virginia renewing uh, the backyard bowl uh, and high stakes for Neil Brown in this upcoming game. What what, a, what are you looking forward to uh, with these uh, these marquee games here this week? I mean, I'm definitely – I got my eyes on Villanova, uh, UCF, because – Plumley being out, John Rice Plumley is out with an injury, so that's going to be interesting how the Knights respond. Definitely got to watch Canada, or excuse me, Canada. What am I even talking about? I'm lo- I'm looking at a flag as I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs> I just it was spurted out the first thing that came to my mind. Nevada, not to be confused with the the country of Canada. Nevada and Kansas. That's that's you know Kansas is going on the road for the first time, so that's going to be a good test for them to see how they are able to respond. Um, you mentioned the backyard brawl. That's always going to be fun. I mean, we'd love those types of things. A lot of rivalries happened last week. Some more new rivalries are happening this week as well. Um, but that's, that's, that's really what my eyes are on. And then Baylor, they have a chance against long Island. It's an FCS team. Can they bounce back for the love of God? You hope so, but I'm definitely going to be watching that game to hopefully see if they can get a little bit of juice, a little bit of momentum as they power into, into potentially week four. Yeah, uh, great point there. Oh, Arkansas, Arkansas is playing BYU. That one also. That's a big one, I think. Yes, uh, Arkansas just over a touchdown favorite in that game at home against BYU. Uh, BYU's offense hasn't looked great the last couple of weeks. Defense has looked good. We'll see how they hold yeah. up. Uh, Amy, let's shift gears now and uh, move over to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, the team that you've covered for a long time. I know you're a big fan of. Uh, Chris Jones coming back incentive-based deal uh, for the most part uh, with that with that pay bump uh, there. Big to get him back because it was, it was clearly evident last week that he was he was greatly missed in that game against Detroit. Tyler, I am so glad this saga is over. I am so sick of talking about it. It's like everyone in Kansas City can just take a breath of relief because – or sigh of relief because we're just – I mean, no – you don't want to – it goes back and forth because as a Chiefs fan, you don't want to hate Chris Jones. He's done a phenomenal job, phenomenal things for this franchise. You don't want to have any bad blood or any bad will towards him. But then there's also the fan side in you who gets mad because you're like, no, be a team player. Where were you? We lost week one. Why weren't you there? Why are we watching the stands? So, you know, back and forth, I've heard a lot of people having different opinions. And, and the way I look at it is I'm just grateful he's back. Obviously, the Chiefs needed him. Now, defense was pretty lights out. I'm not going to lie. They did a phenomenal job without him, but they need him. They have to overhaul the entire way that they run things without Chris Jones on that interior line. So it's going to be good to have him back. I'm happy he's getting paid. He's a wonderful person personally, and I think him and his family, and this is a good thing to set them up for. I understand him doing those things. I do understand where it gets nitty and gritty where people are like, be a teammate, team first. Mahomes puts the team first. All these different things. Well, unfortunately, Tyler, we're not in those conversations with the Chiefs. We don't know what they originally offered. We're not in the conversations with his agents. So I just look at it like I'm happy he's back. Let's put the saga to rest. Let's get him on the field, and hopefully he can kick ass from here on out. Yeah, uh, I do wonder about the the future. I mean, you you, you took care of this for now, but this right. is it's like a going to go away. Yeah, I know. It's kind of just like, let's just get through this year. Because I think after everything that happened and then how the media latched onto the storylines, it was like both parties looking at it saying, okay, this if this doesn't get like resolved right now, 
we're going to have, this is just going to get worse and worse. This game of chicken, you know, who's going to cave first. So let's get something done. Let's get something resolved. And then we have an entire, you know, eight more months until we really have to revisit this and figure it out. But like, I mean, you said, it's still going to come up. It's just like a bandaid. They just slapped a little bandaid over it, but there is still an issue lying below and they're going to have to address it. You know, what does the future look like? Will they tag him? Will they trade it? I mean, who knows? It's just right now I'm just like, can we win the next game? Can that be what we do? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's a great point. Uh, With that, uh, the other player that was missing last week, Travis Kelsey, uh, we've seen him off the field due to injury forever. And the Chiefs offense was not the same clearly uh, at all without him. Uh, What do you think about that situation? Is there any sign that Kelsey's going to be back out there anytime soon? Dude, that sucked. I'm just not going to, I'm not going to lie. That was so painful to watch Kelsey on the sideline, even more painful than watching Chris Jones in a suite watching that. You know, you see this guy who is dying to be out there with his team. He hasn't missed a game since 2014 due to injury. And he's just dying watching, you know, they game plan for Kelsey being there. It all happened so quickly. And then the receiver saga stuff and just not being able to catch anything. And Mahomes just not in a rhythm with his offense. And just things were off. And Kelsey and him have that lights-out chemistry that was 100% needed on the field. So, you know, they're they're nursing it. They're being careful. Coach Reed gives us, you know, the normal Coach Reed answer is very short and, and generic and to the point. You know, he's progressing. He's doing better. Uh, to, to my inside knowledge, there's a lot of swelling. Um, and it's really just more about how much they can control the swelling before the game. I think he's going to try to do anything and everything to be on that field. If I was like a doctor, probably, which I am not, so do not quote anything, I would think maybe rest in one more week. But, you know, the Chiefs clearly needed him. I think he's going to try to do anything to get back on that field. Yeah, and uh, we mentioned how much they struggled without him. I mean, uh, that receiving court was just so lost out there. I mean, uh, yeah. do, do you expect any any changes to that receiving core? We we going to see a potential trade or something like a Mike Evans or something? I mean, like if if that's going to be what the Chiefs have to work with, I mean, even if Kelsey's back, that that's not going to be good enough to hold. I would think. You're right, but I think it's week two. I think everyone is very upset about what happened in week one. I think the Chiefs, whenever they get beat by themselves, we have seen this time and time again. They come back electric, firing on all cylinders. So I think a game against Jag or against the Jags this weekend is going to be the Chiefs bouncing back, showing what they're made of. So I wouldn't hit the panic button yet. Is it a little naive to say that? For sure. But I wouldn't hit the panic button on trading and bringing someone in just quite yet. I think give it a week or two, and this coaching staff and this front office are far smart enough to make adjustments, hardcore adjustments that are cruel or whatever cuts they need to make. You know they're going to get them done. They've done it in the past before. So I think let's wait till we see how they perform against Jacksonville. That's going to be the true test of are the Chiefs going to follow suit like they always do and bounce back in a big way, or are there really issues that cannot be fixed? Because these are – these. I mean, Kadarius Tony, yeah, he's had issues with drops – so is Rasheed Rice, but he's also in the beginning of his NFL career. The right. rest of the team, not so much. So it was more of a fluke, I would say, than an issue where we need to hit the panic button quite yet. Like, let's get through week two. But right. no, I mean, absolutely. If you're an NFL player and you get hit even in one hand, 
with the ball. You should be catching it and pulling it in. But right. let's just see how week two goes. And I guarantee you, first play of the game, they give it to Tony. Because that's how Reed is. Every time someone messes up, he's like, get it out there. Get over it. Get your mind right. And he, like, just like they did with Sky Moore last year when he was having issues on special teams, give him the ball again. Keep feeding it to him get him past it and let's see if we can move on. So that's where we're going to see if it's just a mental thing, like a mental space to get over, or if this is actually an issue issue. Yeah. Andy's great when it comes to getting guys confidence back. Uh, I mean, you know, he, I mean, hell, he, he revitalized Alex Smith's career, you know I mean? Uh, exactly. Yeah. We, we've seen this time and time again, but that said, you know, Haley, I, I was thinking about, you know, we look at this receiving core, and there's obviously some potential there. I mean, right. heck, even Kadarius Tony, as much criticism he's gotten this week, I, I, I still think Kadarius Tony could potentially still be a very good receiver in this league. He's got more. You mentioned Rasheed Rice, some of these others. Somebody, I think, out of this group, I don't know who, is going to develop into a star. Uh, might not mm-hmm. be overnight, but I would think somebody will, right? Yeah, and I mean, everyone's calling for Justin Ross, Justin Ross, and like, the kid, the kid's obviously a freak of a talent, but you got to remember he has not even played a lick of NFL football compared to these other receivers. So he, he, I think, is someone who could potentially. I, I want the world for that guy. He has such a great story. Of course, we want to see him do well, but I think it's probably going to be a, a more of a guy like MVS or even someone like Justin Watson who's yeah. going to come up clutch and be able in the beginning of these couple weeks of the NFL season in this tough slate that they have is going to be able to step up and make that production because when you look at it mbs is pretty much the only one who was able to, to be able to connect with Mahomes. i mean he had a, a one hell of a catch i don't even know how he caught that but right. i definitely think it's going to take also that wasn't Mahomes's best game and he's the first to admit it you know he's a phenomenal talent he's a, a talent that we're never going to see again you know a generational talent probably that will come in a different unique way later on in life but he is something special he will bounce back as well so I also think it does fall on his shoulders a little bit too to be able to make connections because when you look back at a lot of the routes the receivers actually did run the routes correctly. The timing was off. So let's right. get a little more time under our belts and see how things pump out. But I think MVS is going to be that guy, that leadership role who steps up. And I also see it on Justin Watson as well. All right. As we're wrapping up here, uh, Haley, I got to ask you the million dollar question that everybody wants to know. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, what do you think? Do you approve? <laughs> I, saw, I saw that. Um, I, I mean, I'm not a Swifty. And there's I, but I don't feel any way towards it. I mean, that's great. I really liked Kayla. I thought she was awesome. I really liked <laughs> them together. So I was a Kayla fan, but um, no hate to no hate to Taylor Swift. I mean, that's great. But I thought I thought Kayla was awesome. So we'll we'll have to see how it shakes out. We'll have to see how it all works. Did uh did you watch that Catching Kelsey show a few years ago? I have seen enough clips to not watch anymore. <laughs> and he hates you know he like hates talking about it too I, I mean everyone knows how cringe it is but uh yeah it's pretty uh pretty cringe to watch oh that's hilarious uh Haley uh tell people where they can find all the stuff you're doing I mean you, we, we mentioned the big 12 show but uh you get the stuff with KC Sports Network where can people follow along and, and catch all the stuff you're up to yeah yeah um I post pretty much anything and everything to my Instagram it's at Haley Lewis underscore sports or you can just catch me on Instagram at Haley Lewis. I uh, got that extra Y in there, though. So it's H A Y L E Y. But yeah, 
follow on uh, Kansas City Sports Tower has an app that you can follow along. Obviously, download ESPN Plus so you can catch me doing shows on there as well. But yeah, that's pretty much it. My socials and and that's how you you follow follow along. Haley, uh, love it. Thanks for uh, stopping by. You're welcome back uh, anytime. Best of luck uh, this uh, this season, and uh, we'll be talking soon. I uh, appreciate it. Time for Coach Bowles Football Fix, presented by O'Connor Advisory Group. You can find O'Connor Advisory Group online, oagks.com, o'connoradvisorygroup.com, and check out the Coach Bowles podcast. Out each and every week, wherever you listen to podcasts, Coach Bowles joins us right now. Bo, how are we doing? Uh, I'm not as good as you are, but uh, <laughs> I'm doing great. Hey, it's, I mean, uh, I, I just kicked your ass during draft season, and now pick season. I'm beating you in this too. I can't stop winning, Bo. I mean, I don't know about that pick season. You're, you're one game ahead in the picks, and you know you did. You never want to draft. Every game matters. Yes, I, I I won every draft. You won one, I think. I think I gave you one. That was and that was because you picked me as one of the picks, and I regret that pick. Yes. Um. Uh, but nonetheless, Bo, uh, good to have you here. We yeah. have a, uh, a I don't want to call it a crappy slate of games, but I might not have a choice. At least it's not great in the college side. Um, the NFL side, pretty decent, actually. Um, let's go over these uh, yeah. as uh, we get things started here. The college slate includes Washington and Michigan State. We'll talk more about Mel Tucker later. That's a bizarre story. Yeah. Uh, Washington, 16 point favorite. Number 11, Tennessee taking on Florida. Tennessee favored by six and a half. Number 15, K State taking on Mizzou. K State favored by five. Minnesota at North Carolina. UNC favored by seven and a half. Number 14, LSU uh, against Mississippi State. LSU favored by 10. The NFL side. Uh, Ravens and Bengals, Bengals favored three and a half. Chiefs and Jags, Chiefs favored by three on the road. Vikings and Eagles, Eagles favored by seven. Seahawks and Lions, Lions favored by six. And uh, Miami and New England, Miami favored by two and a half. So, without further ado, uh, Bo, let's uh, go ahead and uh, get started with uh, our picks for this week. Let's start with the college side. Washington, Michigan State, Washington favored by 16 here. Bo, what do you think about the Huskies on the road? It seems like a lot of points, but I really like Washington. And with everything going on at Michigan State, I know we're going to talk about it here in a little bit. I I think it's going to be hard to focus. I like Washington here. So this is a lot of points to lay, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. I think Washington's going to win this game in a big way. Washington's impressed me. Uh, the offenses look great the last couple of weeks. Uh this is a similar line to what they had against Boise State week one, and they laid a shellacking on Boise State in uh, that game. So I'll go with Washington as well, um, especially with the circumstances there in Michigan State right now. Tom, who do you got? Yeah, Michigan State circumstances, not a believer. Too much distraction. Going to have to go Washington. All right. So uh, three for three with the uh, Huskies there uh, across the board. Tennessee and Florida, Tennessee favored by six and a half here, Bo. Um, Billy Napier under a lot of heat. Uh, only six and a half here. I, I think Tennessee's going to kill them. I don't. I think, I think Florida's going to play this game close. Um, I, this is not the same Tennessee team from last year with hitting Hooker quarterback. Um, they I think played, Joe Milton's pretty good. I, I don't think that there is – they're not going to blow this game out, I don't think. I think this is going to be one of those late score kind of things. 
I think Tennessee wins the game, but I think Florida at home keeps this game close. Florida is not as bad as people think. They they went up week one and didn't play so well against Utah. Utah's a really good team. Played a little better last week. Tennessee's played two games where they've kept it closer than it should have been. I'm going to take Florida here in the points. I'm going Tennessee here. I think Florida's a bad team. I wouldn't be surprised Florida only wins four games this year. Give me Tennessee. Tom, you get to split the difference here. Now, um, sorry, what what's the line again? Tennessee, six and a half. Oh, uh, yeah, give me Tennessee. I, a rare disagree here with Bo. It doesn't happen often, but it'll happen right now. I think, I think Florida is as bad as people think. I think they're fucking trash. All right. Uh, number 15, K-State at Mizzou. K-State, a five-point favorite in this game. Bo, this is the easiest one on the board. I'm putting the life savings on K-State cover five here. This is the easiest game on the board. K-State is a really impressive team. You know, last week they had Troy at home, and people were like, well, it's just Troy. K-State covered, played extremely well. Uh, Troy is a talented team and a very athletic team. Missouri is not. Missouri is Vanderbilt bad. This team will not be a 500 team. I got them at five wins. I think Missouri is really bad. And I think they're going to get thumped at home by K-State. I think Eli Drinkwitz is a terrible coach. Um, K-State's going to run them out of the building. And K-State wins by being physical. And that's going to be a problem for Mizzou here. I'll go K-State to win easy. Not, it won't be close. Tom, who do you got? Yeah, you know who my big 12 pick is. I, I like K-State easy. All right. Uh, two more college games here. Minnesota taking on North Carolina. Minnesota uh, had a nice win against Nebraska week one, comeback win. Uh, North Carolina squeaked by Appalachian State last week at home, nonetheless. They're seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Bo, what do you think about uh, this matchup here? I, I I like Minnesota a little bit. I'm not as high on North Carolina as some people are. It'd be hard to beat North Carolina at North Carolina. What scares me is seven and a half. So with that said, I'm going to take Minnesota with a seven and a half. Bo, I am uh, right there with you. Uh, I got Minnesota covering this one here. I think that uh, Minnesota can keep it close. I think North Carolina is the better team. They got one of the best quarterbacks in the country in Drake May, but uh, North Carolina should win, but I'll take Minnesota with that seven and a half. So we're in agreement there. Tom, who do you got? You know, I like North Carolina to bounce back. App State is not an easy team to beat. I want to say that Mac Brown even had a quote to say, um, you know, anybody that thinks App State's easy to beat, you go ahead and play them. And he even mentioned that he wouldn't want to play. Or he's glad that they don't have another home and home with App State probably while Mac Brown's alive, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I saw that after the game. I saw the quick interview on the field where he said that. And, and he's he right. classy as hell about it. He says, man, that's a good football team. And he says, I don't want to play them anymore. Yeah, and anybody that thinks it's easy to play them, you know, step yeah. right up. Yeah. Get up. Get your ass to the plate. I think North Carolina bounces back this week. I thought Minnesota looked a little shoddy in their first game. I don't think – I think the boat sinks this week. I like North Carolina, seven and a half. I like them by ten. Okay. 
and then last on the list, LSU and Mississippi State. LSU favored by 10 on the road going to Stark Vegas. Uh, what do you think here, Bo? Okay, you know, this is what I'm supposed to say, you know, go Tigers. But not so fast, my friend. Ooh. I am really not heavy on LSU right now. Look, I they got they, they got outplayed by a really good Florida State team week one, but they really it wasn't they got outplayed. It was they were out prepared. This past week, Grambling comes in and it took LSU a full quarter to get their offense going as Grambling. This is going to be a Saturday morning game in Starkville. LSU does not play well during the day. They especially don't play well in morning games on the road. I'm taking Mississippi State plus 10. LSU wins in a closer game than everyone thinks. Okay. Um, LSU needs a wake-up call of some sorts. Uh, They need to make a statement. This is now SEC play. It means more. I think LSU finds a way to put their foot in the ground and and get back on track. I got LSU winning and covering uh, and covering that 10-point margin. I, I think that they run away with this one and, and, and make a statement. Even though I am out on LSU as, as one of the top teams in the country, and I said that before the season, you, you can't get – you can't let games go like this against teams like Mississippi State. I'll go LSU. Tom, who you got? I like LSU to win, but I do not like them to cover. Um, I do believe from what I saw in Stark Vegas, it's a sold out crowd. And even Bo said it's a morning game. That's hard to do. Um, you know, and I think it'll be, I think there'll be, you know, a lot of LSU fans there. I think that's half of the sellout crowd, but, um, I do think it's going to be hard to beat Mississippi state. They played well last week. It's going to be hard to beat them in Stark Vegas by 10 plus all right to the nfl we go ravens and Bengals. ravens uh took care of business against the texans in the second half Bengals looked awful last week against the browns uh Bengals are at home they're three and a half point favorites the ravens though a little shorthanded uh likely not going to have marlon humphrey marcus williams ronnie stanley's up in the air tyler linderbaum's up in the air and J.K. Dobbins is out for the year. Bo, uh, that, that's a lot to overcome, take on this very good Bengals team, despite the Bengals coming off a loss last week. Yeah, I mean, the last week, the whole the whole world was shoddy. We'll talk about it when it comes to the quarterback play. Look, I like the Bengals here. Three and a half. I'd like it better at three, but I'll take the three and a half here, I'm mostly because of all the injuries for the Ravens. I don't know. It just They got killed on that. J.K. Dobbins out for the season. It, it since his defense did not play poorly against Cleveland, I like Cincy here. I'm going to go with Cincy here as well. Too many issues with uh, with with this Ravens team on the injury front. They've had the worst luck of anybody in the league. It seems when it comes injury wise, I'll take uh, Cincinnati to win and cover three and a half. Tom, how about you? Yeah, I like Cincy to bounce back too. I mean, it's it's hard to believe that they played that dog shit against the Browns. Uh, it is the dog pound, and they played like the stuff on the ground in the dog pound. So I, I like them to bounce back. Um, To the KC-Jags game, this game in Jacksonville, KC coming off the loss. Chris Jones is back. Travis Kelsey's status is up in the air. 
Jags are three point underdogs at home. A lot of expectations about the Jags and their new and their offense, adding Calvin Ridley to the mix as well. KC favored by three here. Bo, do the Chiefs get back on track on the road? I I, I think so. Here's where I'm at on this. I think we're going to know if Jacksonville's for real by how they play this. Not whether they win or lose, but how they played this game. I'm going to give them some credit here. I got this being a one or two point game. I'm going to take Jacksonville plus the three. I think the Chiefs squeak out a win. But I think this is going to be one of those back and forth games the entire game. I think we're going to see probably see two pretty good, strong performances from the QBs, bouncing back from not so good week ones. But I'll take Jacksonville at home plus the three. Game could go either way. In the words of Andy Reid, we look forward to the challenge of playing the Jags. They're a good football team. They're well coached. With that, the time's yours. Uh, I think the time's going to be the Chiefs uh, to get the job done. They last week should have been a wake-up call. And coming off short rest and everything, I think the Chiefs can bounce back and get the win here. I called it last week. I picked the Lions cover. This time I see the uh, this going the other direction. I'll go Kansas City here. Tom, uh, split the difference. You know, no Tom Brady in the league. It used to be don't bet against Tom Brady twice in a row. Now it's going to be don't bet against Andy Reid twice in a row or don't, you know, don't count him out. Um, I did take the Chiefs last week. I think if they had everybody healthy and maybe Chris Jones and if Kadarius Tony didn't shit the bed, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. I can't, I can't just diss against the Chiefs. When's the last time here? There's a stat for you. Um, like Joe Rogan said, hey, um, whatever his assistant is, hey, look this up. Uh, when's the last time the Chiefs lost last lost two games in a row that they were favored in? It's uh, it's been a minute. Yeah, give me uh, the Chiefs. But all right, so uh, you're going with the Chiefs. I'm going with the Chiefs. Bo's going with the Jags. Minnesota and Philadelphia coming up tonight on Thursday night football, the first prime game of the year. Philly favored by seven here. Uh, Bo, the Eagles didn't play their best against the Patriots last week. While the Vikings lost to your favorite quarterback, Baker Mayfield at home. What do you think about this matchup? I think Minnesota's awful. I'm trying to be that guy who overreacts to week one because a lot happened. Minnesota's awful. Philly's the best team in the NFL. They didn't play like they did early in the last week, last week. And then the second half, doing a good team in New England got back in there against them. Um, I'm taking Philly, and it's a two touchdown game. Um, I think Philly wins big. Uh, I don't think it's gonna be close. Minnesota's a fraud. They're not very good. Their defense sucks. Uh, give me Philly all the way. Tom, what do you think about this one here with uh, Philly favored by seven at home? Yeah, I think I like them by seven. I don't know if they win big. Philly didn't really impress me against the Patriots uh, that much. I mean, it was a close game. It was Tom Brady's return game. And, you know, you can have an excuse. Ezekiel Elliott didn't really play that well for the Patriots either. It wasn't like he was feed Zeke type player. Uh not impressed by Philly so far, but I do think they win this one by at least 10. All right. Uh, Seahawks and Lions. Uh, Seahawks just looked awful last week in the second half against the Rams. Much they to my delight. Yeah. 
they lo- lost their starting tackles. Uh, and, you know, Charles Cross, Abraham Lucas, no Lucas this week. Cross probably out as well. I mean, they bring in 41-year-old Jason Peters for crying out loud, and he'll probably start, I would think, uh, if he's activated. Detroit, we mentioned the big win against Kansas City. Got a couple extra days rest. They're favored by six. Bo, are uh, you buying in? Are you all in on the uh, Detroit train here? They keep it going here? I think Detroit's a really good team. I like Detroit here. Now, look, I like Seattle. I just don't like this situation. You've got to go into Detroit. First home game for Detroit this year, coming off the big win. They expected to win that game, too. It ain't like it's a surprise to them. They expect to take care of business at home. I don't well, see I mean, the they, they got the Gatorade bath on Dan Campbell week one last week. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's good for him. So <laughs> only a hater is going to hate the guy that hates when someone gets dumped the Gatorade on. That's pretty cool. Did you ever get the Gatorade bath? Uh, no, I've never gotten the Gatorade bath. Okay, we need to change that. That has never happened to me. So... The time we had, the time I coached a huge, huge, huge win that would have been worthy, it was road games. Jones, we need to, we need to like have Bo on the show and like think that he'll think that you're in Dallas and I'm in San Antonio and we'll really be in Lawrence. We'll break into wherever he's at and just shower him on the show from his uh, from his home office. You know, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah you paid the, the bill on that one, but guys, um, yeah, I. I like Detroit here, minus the six. Um, I don't know if Seattle wins, but Pete Carroll's too good of a coach to not get his team's attention and respond. It's not it wasn't just the O line last week. The the pass rush was awful. Their pass coverage sucked. Um they gotta have more self-respect out there and make this competitive game. Six is a lot of points. Um, I'll take Seattle to cover. Tom, how about you? I'm going to take Detroit. I like to see Seattle start off, um, you know, 0-2. And I like to keep the I, – I wouldn't call it the dream alive for Detroit, but I like to see it go 2-0. and uh, Last on the list, Dolphins and Patriots, Sunday night football from New England. And I think last week was a testament, guys, where no matter what you think of the Patriots, Gillette Stadium is still a tough – place to play and Belichick is a different animal when it comes to home games there at Gillette Dolphins won a win in a thriller last week in the best game of the weekend beating the Chargers New England keeps it competitive against against Philly Miami's two and a half point favorite two quarterbacks very familiar with each other between Tua and Mac Jones here Bo what do you think Miami favorite two and a half I'm gonna take the, I'm gonna lay the two and a half of the Dolphins I wouldn't go much higher than this I wouldn't go over three this is a close game all the way. Um, the, the Miami's a better team. Miami's very, very good. They had the most impressive week uh, win last week, I think, in the in the league. Um, and I just think that they're a really good team. But I think New England's better than everyone thinks as well. I think everyone in the East is really good. New England's going to surprise some people at times. This is a close game, but I'm going to take the Dolphins because they're a little bit better offensively. And their defense played, I think, really, really well last week as well. All right. I'm going to go the Dolphins here. Uh, I think it's a very good game. Dolphins, better offense than uh, New England. I think that's what makes the difference here. I'll go with the Dolphins to get it done. Tom, what do you got? If if Tua stays healthy, he has a chance to do something Dan Marino never did. Uh, is this the year? Maybe, but I do think this is the game. I like the Dolphins. 
All right, there you have it. Those are our picks for the week here on the Football Fix presented by O'Connor Advisory Group. We now shift gears. Let's uh, touch on some of the top headlines in the NFL and in college football as Bo uh, sticks around with us. And Bo, let's start in the NFL with your favorite guy, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Play number four, Torn Achilles. A couple ways to, to go at this. I mean, where the Jets go from here, your thoughts on Rodgers, and then just the controversy. I know there's a lot of uproar from the Players Association about the turf, the turf monster that was that got the Achilles and yeah. the record that comes to turf. What's kind of your thoughts on everything? Okay, I'll start with the Aaron Rodgers piece first. Look, I'm, I'm, I don't like a lot of what he does off the field and how he behaves. I think he's one of the greatest quarterbacks I've ever seen. Um, like I said before, I think he's the most skilled quarterback I've ever seen. This hurt me watching him get hurt because when he got when he got spun and went down, did not come back up. Like when he he tried to stand up and went back down. I was watching the game with my wife and I went, he just tore his Achilles. I looked right at her side of exactly what that is. And what I remember is Dan Marino. Marino had it happen in, in the same kind of situation when it happened to him. And I've got a friend who's at my age, who's really late for me, so 10 years older than Aaron Rodgers. A really athletic guy playing pickleball one day tears his Achilles, and I went, "Yeah, you 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 don't know it's coming, but eventually it gets you." Yeah, if you're one of those kind of athletes playing doing the competitive stuff like that, and I hate it for Aaron Rodgers because it's going to be a really hard comeback. He's going to have to rehab either way, whether he plays football again or not. I'm sure he will, but. Um, it's not an injury you can mess with, and it takes a lot of time. And so I feel bad for Aaron Rodgers because this season's over. Four plays in. It's like, what are you going to do about that? That's just that's just shit luck. Right. Yeah. Uh, I hate that for him. And the Jets, sounds like they're going forward with Zach Wilson. They're right back to where they were last year. Yeah. Zach Wilson's their quarterback here. If you recall last season – the big complaint was about Zach Wilson, not necessarily even, you know, obviously his play on the field sucked, but that he had lost the locker room, that the locker room could not stand him. Um, big comeback win. I know he didn't play that great, but nonetheless, uh, what do you think of their situation now going forward with Zach Wilson? Yeah, so look, he didn't play well. I mean, it's true. I mean, he also wasn't prepared. They don't, you can say you're going to prepare like the starter, but you don't get the actual reps. That's hard. Um, and so I think that it's it's an uphill battle, but right now the Jets to look at this and go, well, what's my alternative, and how much better is it? You know, what are they going to go get right now? Who are they going to trade for, or who are they going to, uh, you know, free agent sign that's going to be any kind of an upgrade at this point? So I think what I would do is play. You got a really good run game. You got a great young run running back, pretty good offensive line, and you've got a really great defense. Couple of couple of weapons. I think it's also a year more mature. So I like the idea of sticking with Zach Wilson here and not trying to mortgage the future even more to make a trade for Matt Stafford or or um, I heard Jacoby Brissett or even Jameis Winston. I mean, how much of an upgrade is that, really? Well, and, and it was this coaching staff that drafted Zach Wilson. Yeah. Uh, 
Sala and those guys, I mean, obviously they've seen something in him um, to put the confidence they had, even if it was at one point, even to keep him around. They didn't, when they brought Rodgers, they didn't have to keep Zach Wilson. That's true. And that's absolutely true. And normally, if you think you were so wrong, you would just get rid of the player. Look what the 49ers did with Trey Lance. Um, I think that there's a reason they kept Zach Wilson in their pocket, in their back pocket. It was something like this, or it was if Rodgers only plays one year, let the kid get another year of maturity. He's been with Aaron Rodgers now for six months. We'll see how he's been. And he's going to have Rodgers in that room with him. So let's see what happens. I'm, I hope I'm rooting for Zach Wilson to do well here. And, and I, I want to see what Aaron Rodgers does to try to help him. Uh, let me ask you about the whole turf controversy of the league yeah. raised an issue of the response from the league has been like, Hey, our data, our statistics show there's no real difference. Um, Rogers wasn't the only torn Achilles of the week. Uh, JK Dobbins, we mentioned earlier, also torn Achilles that happened on natural grass. Um, Bo, uh, who is, who is right here? Is it the players association or is it the, the league? Well, I think it's exasperated for two reasons. First off, it's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if this was, you know, no shade, but if this was a, a lower-level quarterback, you know, not a top-notch guy, I think this wouldn't have been as big a deal. I don't think you'd hear as much about it. But also, if you remember, one of the big complaints about the Super Bowl was the field. Yes. And I think that that's part of it, too, is that now you've got more – and the Super Bowl was on natural grass. Yeah, you got this. You got this thing they had an issue with in Arizona. Now you got this piece here with one of the top players in the league. People inside the league and inside the players' association are going to say, "Hey, you're killing us. We got to. I mean, you're hurting us by doing it. Not killing, but you know what I mean." Um, what I'm thinking there is that what I do think happens, and I think what the players' association is going to ask for is, let's keep it uniform. You know, if you're in, if you're inside of a building, it should be one thing. If you're outside of the building, you know, you're in an outdoor stadium, it's got to be natural grass. I think they'll work something out like that, but making it uniform across the across the the line is the best way to go. Uh, let's go to Kansas City now. Uh, we we picked that game earlier, and last week we got to see the Chiefs. Without Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones, and Bo, that Chiefs team was just a different team. They were not a shade of the, their normal selves. Yeah, so I'll, I'll say this: first, of their defense did not play bad. I yeah, it's played really well. For, yeah, I mean, that, remember you know, the defense, Jones, for the defense, defense only gave up fourteen points. You know, Mahomes yes. threw that pick six. Uh huh. And, and Chris Jones wasn't there. You get your best. Take your best player off any offense or defense. You're gonna have an issue. So I think came in pretty prepared for that. You kind of with the Chiefs want to give them some grace. You don't have Kelsey. It happened last minute. Um, I'll tell you what I saw that I, again, I just kind of laughed and laughed when I saw this. Chiefs were 0 for 2 in gimmick plays. Try to run two gimmick plays. Neither of them gained any yardage. He's got to get away from that. Andy Reid has got to get away from these bullshit plays. It's going to hurt him in the long run. And look, if I got 15, I don't have to worry about it. Just let the guy play. So I think that the Chiefs are going to be in good hands because they do have 
Mahomes. And Mahomes is going to keep you in any game. They need Kelsey back, clearly, and figure it out from there. The one I feel bad for is Kadarius Tony. You know, everyone wants to blame Kadarius Tony. He dropped, it was four drops, right? Yeah. Yeah. One I thought was thrown behind. One, I dare you to be running full speed to your left and then stop, reach back and grab the ball. Anybody that says that one's on him, I'm like, no, no, you you, you go ahead and try that. You're going to tear your fucking Achilles too. So um, there was one I was like, that's thrown behind. I'm not going to give him too much grief on. And that one ended up being incomplete. It wasn't interceptable. Um, thought Mahomes tried too hard at times. And I thought that the Chiefs didn't have a good plan for how to have life without Kelsey. Mahomes didn't play well, and he got a little bit of the um, – I don't even know how to what I'm saying here, but it's like a, a he had like a pouty face for most of the second half on the sideline, and that's not like him. Usually Mahomes is walking around, he's going, okay, give me the ball, give me the ball, going to guys and reassuring other guys. I think he knew he wasn't playing well. Yeah. And he didn't – now, look, he didn't play as bad as some other quarterbacks. But he didn't play well at all. Right. Um, another note on the uh, the NFL side of things. Uh, I know last year you were so high on that Dallas Cowboys team, and, and you yourself said, I hate the Cowboys, but I love this Cowboys team. Yeah. And, you know, Tom, I, I know Tom's here too. Tom picked this Cowboys team to go to the Super Bowl. Something about this Cowboys team. And, and – Last Sunday night against the Giants, and I know people are going to be quick to say, well, they got Daniel Jones at quarterback. Daniel Jones is good enough to win football games. Um, like, there's no reason if the Gi- Giants did what they were supposed to, why that should have been a 40 and nothing game. I mean, credit where credit's due. That, that Cowboys team, that was championship caliber football. They did everything right on both sides of the ball. Dak, didn't need to be a hero. He didn't make mistakes. Um, I, I loved everything I saw from Dallas. Like if if you and I understand, there's people out there. Trust me, the th- between the three of us, none of us are sitting here rooting on the Dallas Cowboys by any stretch of the imagination. But we can all sit here and appreciate that team plays good football and they play it the right way. Yeah. So. I like this team. I do. I like what they got. I, unfortunately, they're in a division with the Eagles. Um, but I and I like Dak more than most people do. I like the offense. I love their defense. Um, on my podcast, Local Rico said he thinks Michael Parsons is the best player in the NFL. Uh, he may not be wrong. And I think they stomped. I mean, just stomped a mud hole and walked it dry on the Giants. Now, having said that, in that game, I was baffled about how, once they were down, how the Giants played the game. I mean, it was just awful. Um, three or four times, you're down 21 in, a, in the rain, and they're going for it on fourth on fourth and more than 10 on their own side of the field, inside the 40 twice. They didn't give their defense even a chance to do anything. And it was just horrible. 
Um, and you had a couple of fumbles, a couple of turnovers. And it was just like, oh, my God, this keeps coming at us. But, yeah, it it was pretty bad. And I think that you look at this, um, it's more about how good the Cowboys are, not how bad the Giants were that game. Uh, the Cowboys are very good. And what I don't like about them is they're going to get into a close game in a playoff, and the guy calling plays now is not a good not a good head coach. No. So that's the only thing they got. got. Otherwise, they're a complete team. And it might be the second best team in the, in the NFC. And GM Jerry and Steven have done a really good job assembling that roster. They really have. They've done and, – and, again, they like some people that some people don't like. I mean, they like Dak Prescott. I think Dak Prescott's a really good player. I think he's better than a lot of people think he is. And, and, and too, about the, the Dak thing, like, it's so ridiculous. Okay, they drafted him, what, the fourth round? I mean – Fourth or fifth, yeah. I mean, I think he, I think he was a fourth every, round. For everyone that bitches about Dak and, and being the Cowboys quarterback, how much you're paying him, if you went back in time, you would have been thrilled to be in their position they're in to get him in the fourth round like they have. And what they've gotten out of him, I mean, that's been incredible. I, I think that doesn't get said enough. Yeah, I think the thing on Dak Prescott, I remember watching Mississippi State because they're obviously playing play LSU every year. And I watched a lot of SEC games. He was an incredible player in college. But they ran that read option, run first offense where they were using those skills. I'm surprised the Cowboys over time haven't used some of those plays. But um, he was so good at that, he never really had to throw the ball. He never That wasn't their offense. So it was a transition. People, people thought, well, he's never had to do what quarterbacks have to do in the NFL. Right. And he got to sit behind Romo. He was already a good athlete. And he learned to play the quarterback position differently the way you're supposed to. And dude, he he was great. And, uh, and he's he's been a very good quarterback. I think a lot of the big losses the Cowboys have had in, in a quarterback really haven't been his fault. Last thing in the NFL, last thing in the NFL, and we'll move on to college football here. Uh, I had to show you earlier about Baker uh, beating the Vikings and playing very well last week. Um, but really, I mean, push Baker aside, I do have to ask. Your favorite guy, Derek Carr, played decent and got a win no, last week. No, he didn't. I watched every play of that game. He played like crap. Played he good was, enough to win. He he got they got gifted that game by the Titans. The Titans decide with just over two minutes to go at the forty at the forty five to punt. Horrible call. Even though they had the three timeouts, it was like fourth and three, and they were like, "Well, we can't go for three for three yards." Ridiculous call. Um, Derek Carr did not play well. He wasn't accurate at all. They were gifted that game by the Titans. Titans outplayed the Saints in every which way in that game. Playing the seven. For a guy that was under pressure all day, got sacked four times, he still threw for 300 yards. I watched the game. I'm telling you, he did not play well at all. It wasn't about him being on the back. He's inaccurate as hell. Look, he's not a good quarterback. He's one of the most inaccurate arms. I've I am ever. no Derek Carr defender by any means either, yeah. but I, I think he deserves a little more credit than what you're giving him here. Well, I mean, they scored 16 points in the game, you know, with the first nine of them being field goals. They got kept into a game by a really good defense. The Titans gave it to him late. I I totally disagree. I think Derek Carr played like shit. 
I don't think he's a very good quarterback. Y'all going to see in the next couple of weeks that I'm right when you look at these, the Saints' schedule moving forward. They're going to be under 500 in a couple of weeks. Do they, now, uh, I, that, I wish we'd have picked that game against the Panthers this week because the Panthers are going to beat them. <laughs> and then the Packers are going to beat them. And then they're going to get a win against the Bucs. And then they're going to play the Patriots. The Patriots are going to beat them in, in Foxworth. In Foxborough. They're going to be six games in to be 3-3. Three three. Packers are surprisingly good right now. Yes, they are. And, you know, all the stuff we heard in the offseason was they really like Jordan Love. Kind of see why. Accurate. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He gets rid of the ball when he needs to. Uh, I'm not saying he's decided to come in Ryan Rodgers. But what I am saying is he's pretty good hand. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Kyle's side now. Um, is Texas back? Okay. Texas is very good. I refuse to say Texas is back because they never were here. So if you want to say, is Texas very good? Yes, they're a very good team. They're a top 10, maybe even a top five team. Um, but they're not back because you had to have been here before. You're back. One national title in 40 years. You're, you're Texas. You should be better than that. So, yeah, give me – I. I do think Texas is a really good team. I think they are special. I think it's going to be interesting. They not just beat Alabama. They beat up Alabama. Yes. They beat them up. I mean, it was they, they were more physical. They played better in the trenches. The offensive line played incredible against the Alabama defensive line. And that's a hard thing to do against an Alabama team. I thought that I thought that Texas totally outplayed them. The game was really never in doubt. Um, I I was impressed by Texas doing that. And you can say all you want about uh, Alabama's down. If they're down, they're still a top 10 team in town. Right. At home. At home. Yeah. On a big game like in Texas. It wasn't like, you know, Mississippi came in and just and, and knocked them off in a 48-40 shootout. Now, this was tough-nosed football. This is kind of football I like to watch. And I was very impressed with Texas. I was too. Uh, and Quinn Ewers, uh, he looks the part, doesn't he? I mean, and Xavier Worthy, I, I think, was the most talented player on the field. I mean, uh, credit to Stark, too. I mean, we, you and I talked a lot about I was very high on Texas going to this year. I picked Texas to go to the playoff uh, before the season began. And the big question I had going into this year was, I said, you look at the roster – that's a top five roster in college football, best roster in the Big 12. But the ego of Texas and the coaching of Sark were the two questions I had. Now, is the Alabama win going to get to their heads? Are they going to let down and lose one to a team like Iowa State or something they're not supposed to? I don't know. I, I, is Sark going to be able – can Sark continue to coach at that high level? Those questions still need to be answered. Well, I think the thing about this season is you just got to – Try to keep things on an even keel. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. It's going to be hard coming out the Alabama win. Um, who does Texas play this week? I don't remember off the top of my head. Wyoming, who beat Texas Tech. Okay. They'll beat up Wyoming. Uh, Texas Tech isn't very good. Um, but I I think that they should go out. They should put this game up. With, I don't really know how many the point spread in that game is. But they should beat this team up pretty good. And as long as they're playing physical and they can run away with it late, yeah, Yellow Texas is playing well. I think they're a really good team. Um, 
think they're probably a top five team. I mean, it's just that right now there's a lot of talent there. Uh, what I do want to see the team that's really impressed me in the Big Twelve is Kansas State. Yes. Um, I, I watched the K State game this week as well. Look, that's an impressive team. They're strong. They're tough. Texas and K State is going to be a hell of a game. I agree. And, and I, I think people will say about the K State game, they'll say, "Well, it was just Troy." This is the same team in K State that last year had a game like this against Tulane. Tulane came in and beat K State. Right. We saw Tulane get a new, you know, you get a January sixth ball. Um, well then that was the thing that kind of turned the nod, the nod, uh the nozzle around on K State season last year. They really kind of said, Oh, wait a minute. I like what they're doing, and I like they, they're not they didn't overlook that game last week. That's a good Troy team, it's a talented Troy team. And K State said, Hey, we're gonna handle this. They handled right. their business at home. Um it's a talented team. It's a tough team. Them in Texas is going to be a, a closer game than people think. Texas is more talented, though. They're just really uh, good. Coach Prime in Colorado win again. Started out a little bit slow, uh, but then had a strong second half. They're 2-0. A lot of hype. A lot of excitement. Bo, I, I, I'll say this. You know, with them starting slow, I love the way that they adjusted that, you know, Shador Sanders eventually got things going. Dion, the coaching staff adjusted to what, uh, what Matt rule and company was doing. I mean, Matt, Matt rule and company had a, a very good game plan from the beginning to slow down Colorado, but ultimately, you know, too much talent and everything here. I, I, I was, I was almost, I would say I was more impressed what they did in that second half against Nebraska than what they did the week prior against TCU, just the ability to uh, to, to get through what they went through there. Yeah, so I look at it and go, well, you've got defense playing a lot better. Yes. I mean, Nebraska's not going to come out and score points like like, like TCU. Oh, that Sims quarterback's horrible. Yeah. So, I mean, they're not going to – again, you, you can expect less there. But no scoring in the first half for Nebraska. That means Colorado's kept putting pressure on them, kept putting pressure on them, and it just didn't happen for them. You get the early touchdown in the third quarter from Nebraska. Um, they get it to one score, and then Colorado answers, you know, with 24 straight points. Yeah. Cheat touchdown late in the game when you got figure you got backups in by, by that time, 36-7. Um, but I like I like what Prime's doing. Um, they're a really talented team. And they're not just a talented team of athletes. People think that, well, Coach Prime is just bringing in the best athletes he can. Those guys are football players. They know how to play football. That coaching staff experience, they know how to coach football. It's the difference between being a football player and an athlete. And he's got really good football players who are outstanding athletes. They're going to put a whooping on Colorado State, but then they've got a couple of games in a row. We're going to know how good Colorado is in two and three weeks. Oregon at Oregon, and then they host USC back-to-back. Those are the two favorites out West. You know, I don't know that – it be a huge game if Colorado handles business, takes care of – got to take care of this week against Colorado State, and Oregon wins. 
that could be a spot for game day. I mean, it's going to be an interesting game when Oregon comes in. And then the next week, you got the the best offense in the country in USC. And just ridiculous how good they are. So we're gonna know we're gonna know a little more in a couple weeks, but I really think Colorado's a good team. I think Prime's doing a hell of a job. And I think he's a he's a really good coach. Yes. Don't fall for the flash. Look, that's how he got everybody when he was a kid. He was prime time, and you're thinking about all that stuff, and then he just outworked you as an as a player. He's done that as a coach now. I could not be happier for someone than I am for Deion Sanders. He's doing an incredible job. Incredible. Um, I'm excited. You know, the hype train is off the rails. You know, this week for that Colorado State game, you're going to have game day and big noon are going to be there. I mean, oh, oh it, it's, it's. I'm surprised. It, well, the game's on ESPN, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Surprised big noon is there. Yeah. First time they've ever not gone to a Fox game. Hmm. Um, so. Yeah. yeah, unique circumstance. Last thing before we go, this Mel Tucker situation at Michigan State is uh, pretty bizarre. Uh, in case people don't know, Brenda Tracy, uh, who is a advocate, you know, speaking out uh, against you know sexual assault on campus, in particular, uh, you know, in, with college football programs, she goes around and shares her story where. Uh, she was when she was in college. She was raped by three Oregon State players uh, and a recruit. And you know, she had been working with Michigan State um, and Mel Tucker. And from what it sounds like, uh, with the call records and such, there was a some type of friendship relationship of some sorts that had gone on uh, mm-hmm. with. Over 30 calls between her and Mel Tucker that were 30 minutes in length that these phone calls were. And she is claiming that there was unconsensual phone sex that occurred um, in these phone calls that Mel Tucker was masturbating and that she did not, uh, you know, consent to that. And we're seeing Mel Tucker. He's come out. He's defending his name. He's saying, you know, that, you know, this was consensual, that they had a relationship going and and, and all this. Bo, um, what do you make of where we're at? In, okay. in, in this story? All right. So since Tom dropped off, I'm going to make the joke for Tom. The, the, the impressive part is how do you have phone sex for 30 minutes multiple times? Um so I'll get that out of the way because Tom's not here to do it right this moment. So, um, yeah, that's for you, Tom, when you hear this back. Um, but this is strange. I The whole thing is kind of strange to me. Um, obviously, multiple times does it make it right. You know, it's like to say that something was consensual and, and maybe she felt uncomfortable and was afraid to say something to him. I mean, I can only make certain assumptions. But the, the kickback to that is people say, well, it was multiple, multiple times. At some point, wouldn't she say, hey, I don't care for this? Um, again, I'm not here to argue that stuff. That's right. between the, the parties involved. It's a sad deal, I guess, also given what she does for a living and how this relationship of some kind came about. Um, 
the whole thing is really is really strange. Mel Tucker's come out and defended himself. I mean, he's he's trying his best not to get fired for this. Um, you know, and I'm not going to say whether it's sad if he gets fired or not. I don't know the whole situation, so I'm not going to sit here and, and 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 levy that. What I will say is, if a woman feels uncomfortable, then you shouldn't be doing plain and simple. I mean, that's where I'm at on that piece. But I, what I will say is, I this is a strange story, and I don't really know. There's a lot of implications. He's going to be lucky if he doesn't lose his job. So I think part of it is he's trying to keep the job or he's trying to make sure that when he's job hunting, he can say, well, I defended myself. I was not in the wrong. Right. I mean, Bo, I, I look at it this way. You know, I don't know one way or the other. You know, yeah. there's still more details to come out and all this stuff. But I think you can sit here and objectively say this does sound a little fishy, a little, little sure. sus. Like why, you know, she knew he was married. She knew he had kids. Not victim blaming. Let me make that very clear. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to avoid too. I don't. Yeah, but like, what? Who who talks to somebody that's not your why? You know, not your spouse or yeah. sibling or or your own child for thirty times for thirty minutes on occasion. Like, I mean, I, I talked to my mom and dad you know, a few times a week for 30 plus minutes, but that's about it for me personally. Um, and, and then in Michigan state side of things, we're talking about things that are fishy. Don't add up here. It's been pretty clear, but based on the way things went for Michigan state last year, everybody's been saying, you know, they, they probably regret giving Michigan, giving Mel Tucker that huge contract, almost a hundred million dollars. And this could be a convenient way for them to, not have to pay him said money, fire him for cause here. I mean, like, again, we don't know, but there are some things that just don't add up. here. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be, I think everything you said there is a viable, is a viable uh, solution, not a solution, but a viable part of this whole story. It's what makes it strange is that you just got, you know, what happens in the Michigan state side? There's, there's, there's some people thinking, hey, this is our chance to get out of this shit. And then there's some people going, wait a minute, you know, isn't he innocent before being proven guilty? Michigan State did the right thing of suspending him, putting him on some kind of administrative leave while they sort this out. Because if it's that serious, then if he's found to be in the wrongdoing, that's going to get them out of this contract. And that's what, you know, the legal ease of it is simply you got to suspend him because if you think this is going to end up with it being fireable, why would you have kept him around in the first place? You know, why would you have, you know, waited? You could keep him on that job while this is pending. So I think that's kind of, you know, the piece of where, you know, he's suspended. I do. I don't think he's surviving this. I don't, this job wise. I don't think he's going right. to keep this job. I think that Michigan is going to fire him. And it'll probably this, be a settlement of some kind. Let's, I'll say this, Bo. Uh, because let, let's say that there's no new details. If it if it just all is what this is here, and you know he gets pushed out, gets fired, or forced to resign, settles, whatever it may be, uh, with just what we know now and just the skepticism there, Mel Tucker's too good of a coach. He won't be unemployed long. I mean, even if he's you know a, a top defensive coordinator in 
the college level or the NFL or gets another headshot to be head coach again. He's the next head coach of Liberty. Yeah, right. Uh, he's too good not to get that second chance yeah. if the details stay as they are. Yeah, you'd have to see something of um, something that becomes very, um, very viral. Very, I mean, more info's got to come out. It's more damning and details that are damning. Otherwise, you're exactly right. He's getting another shot. I mean, he's going to go somewhere and rehab for a couple of years. I go join the Nick Saban rehab school. I mean, it's, they do, and he's certainly worth it. So, yeah. I, and, and Chris Beard, you know, got accused of beating his wife and got a head coaching job at Ole Miss. You know, yeah. before you're just a couple of months later in basketball. So, yeah. um, these things happen. You know, comeback story can happen. It's not over for Mel Tucker by any means. Uh, Bo, we're out of time. Appreciate you join us as always. Uh, what's going on uh, with the podcast this week? So we got um, a review of week one in the NFL. We did not get the Rogers stuff we recorded on Monday. Um, Uncle Rico came in. We did a kind of a half-assed preview slash week one. Um, so it's a little bit of both. And uh, talked a lot. He's He had a couple of really great points about some stuff this week. Um, he's real high on the 49ers and what's going on there. And then um, it, he hit me with a couple of points that were interesting this week. I'm talking football. So definitely check out the next pod. Should be out Thursday or Friday. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Bo, appreciate the time as always. Uh, we'll Thank catch you. up next week. Thanks for joining us, man. Thank you. Final segment before we go. It's our Tom Fulgery story of the week. Thomas Bridges standing by with something absurd or ridiculous happening in the world. Tom, where shall we head to this time? Jones, we're going to sports betting world and – I myself can't do the sports betting, and you can't do the sports betting. In my move, I still will not be able to do the sports betting. It's a damn shame. It should change. It won't. I mean, weed's not even legal in Texas, so sports betting's definitely not going to be able to be legal. But, Jones, that doesn't mean our friend Bo in Kansas can't do DraftKings. Here's the deal. We all know the what would have been the 22nd anniversary of 9-11 happened a couple of days ago. And DraftKings thought it'd be a great idea to run a, a, a parlay on, on the death of these people and saying, listen, New York teams can't lose. You know, put your money down on New York, New York strong, 9-11. We will never forget unless you bet money and your team loses. So they just ran this bet. And this comes from APnews.com. Thousands of other people reported on this, but we're going to Associated Press vibe. DraftKings apologizes for sports betting offer referencing 9-11 terror attacks. Atlantic City, New Jersey, sports betting company DraftKings apologized Monday after using September 11, 2001 terror attacks to entice people to bet on baseball and football games on the anniversary of the tragedy that killed nearly 3,000 people. The Boston-based company offered users 9-11 theme. <laughs> it's not funny, but it, it kind of is, actually. It kind of is 9-11 theme. We're so close to Halloween. I've seen Steve Irwin-based costumes. I've never seen, like, one person. Now, I'm... I'm going to say it because I've already thought it. 
Halloween costume idea 22 years in advance. Someone is like you get a real tall person to be the Twin Towers, two real tall people, and you get two real small people to be planes. I'm going to go to hell and I'll probably get flack. I'm ready to get canceled. Good Lord. Halloween costume idea. That'll get you canceled. Call me. Um, The Boston-based company offers users a 9-11 theme promotion that required three New York-based teams, the Yankees, the Mets, and the Jets, to win their Monday games. The 22nd anniversary of the attacks on the World Trade Center in the Pentagon and the downing of a passenger jet in a field in Pennsylvania. After an outcry on social media from people offended by the promotion titled Never Forget, DraftKings <laughs> took it down and apologized. DraftKings, we will never forget. <laughs> <laughs> we sincerely apologize for the featured parlay that was shared briefly in commemoration of 9-11, the company wrote. We respect the significance of this day for our country and especially for the families of those who are directly affected. Brett Eagleson, whose father Bruce was killed in the World Trade Center, runs a families and first responders organization called 9-11 Justice. He decried the DraftKings offer as tone deaf. And I agree, very tone deaf. Oh, my gosh. I mean, he said, he goes on to say, it is shameful to use the national tragedy of 9-11 to promote a business. He told the AP, we need accountability, justice, and closure, not self-interest and shameless promotion. I get that. This is not two years after. This is 22 years after. Jones, you're going to turn 20, what, 28 next year? Yeah. You were six years old. I was almost 10. I, I Don't get me wrong. I, in, in a couple of months ago, I went down a rabbit hole of 9-11. It's late at night. I didn't have anything else to do necessarily. That's not putting this on the back burner by any means. But I went down a, ra- a 9-11 rabbit hole and started looking at all the other things that come out. Um, I love a good 9-11 documentary that tells some of the other stories. Or, like, I really like uh, personalized accounts from people who were, like, on the street as it happened or involved. And I feel like more people, more things come out all the time. Like, you know, to be honest, I just learned about the man in the red bandana who ran up the floors and, you know, like middle fingered the firefighters and ran up 18 floors and saved like 30 people and brought them down to the, the working elevators, went back up and the tower collapsed and ended up say ended up saving like 30 people. I didn't know about that. And that's 22 years later. So there are some really good heroic, like very heroic stories been told even 22 years later. Don't get me wrong. When that we're not aiming for the truck toy story short on YouTube came out, I did laugh and it's not a disrespect thing. It's more like a, a weird coping mechanism because I still remember my third, like I was in a fourth grade reading class in third grade and I remember them rolling the TV in. Um, and I remember the school going down on lockdown and I can even remember that when I got home that day from school, our front room carpet and hallway carpet in my parents' house was getting ripped up. And to this day, it's never been replaced. I remember those things. And so it is a life changing day, but for a big company like DraftKings to say, 
bet on the Mets, the Jets, and the Yankees, and let's make some money off of you. Uh, it's, that's kind of shit. It's one thing to make a joke as a single person, but as a, a betting conglomerate in the U.S. to push that, it's it'd be different if DraftKings said, hey, we're going to throw a 50-50 raffle, and 50% of this is going to go to the families of 9-11. Now, they could have uh, got away with that. I get I I got a couple thoughts on this. Uh first off, by the way, uh all that said parlay, because my my question when I found this out, I found this out on the day of, I said, Well, what if this hits? Do you like not get to pay out? What happens? Uh, you know, are, are all the bets voided? Well, the results, the Yankees Red Sox game was postponed. Till uh, next week, I believe, or, or, or the mm-hmm. next day, whatever. So you know that that game didn't happen that day. Who won? Um, the uh, the postponed game that day. Uh, the Yankees did end up winning, but you would have had to wait an extra day. The Mets ended up losing to the Diamondbacks because, of course, it's the Mets. And then you right. had that great win for the Jets. Against the Bills. So what if it would have hit? What if you would have taken the never forget parlay and it would have hit? Would you have not gotten your money? I wonder if they refunded it immediately. <laughs> I, I I doubt it. Uh because that stuff never works quick. Uh they never they didn't I went to read on this article. They never said if it paid out. Well, well because uh no one got, no one hit because you would have had to got all three, and the and the uh, Mets lost. Well, I'm saying, well, I guess. Moreover, they they never said that they refunded it or anybody that put in if it was canceled. Gotcha. Um. So yeah, that's that's something uh, that, that that they tried that. I, I want the other thing, Tom. Like, I'm sure they have meetings to discuss their promotions. All this. I want to be a fly on the wall. I want to know what the meeting was like of the guy that stood up and said, Hey, I got an idea. Let's do a never forget nine 11 parlay. And nobody stood up and said, you know what? That might be a bad idea. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Like who they all sit down in a meeting or whatever. Okay. Here's our next, you know, gets you a couple project managers, couple creatives and say, okay, well we got one for you. It reads like a, a SNL skit, Right. Like, it's almost too good to be true. Like, did no one say, hey, um, we're probably going to get some backlash on this? Like I said, at, at do a 50-50 raffle or something. You know, take do a 50-50 and say, hey, we're going to do a 50-50 here. If, you know, we're going to take all your money together, say you're going to put, you know, five dollars a raffle ticket we're going to take all this money and split it in half and do it lottery style um and if all the new york teams win then you know we'll give you know we'll go ahead and do the 50 50 and 50 percent of that money will go to the families of the 9-11 right and that that would have been in my eyes that would have been okay but even when I saw that come out, I thought, I agree with him. And don't get me wrong, as just a, a degenerate human being, 
I don't mind a good 9-11 joke. And I'm like a, a former, I guess you could say like maybe even, and I still have my skeptic, I still have my questions. But oh, I remember when it came those. out. Last summer, former, check the tapes of the uh, conspiracy theory draft. Yeah. I, I am a, I am a former, I'm a former um, inside jobber. I rem- but I was at, I was still in high school and that happened and and I watched Loose Change and I thought it was life changing. I still do have questions. Some things still don't add up, but 22 years later, it doesn't matter and it's not going to change anything. Okay. Um, and if you we think, wrap up. If, if you think the Trump Biden thing was rigged. And you don't think there were some other questions need, still need to be answered about 9-11? Well, I've got some land in Dallas. i got some oceanfront property in Dallas that I could sell you. So before we wrap up, since since you like 9-11 jokes and we're already getting canceled for this segment anyway, um, I'll go ahead and lay this one on you. And, and DraftKings, if you want to sponsor us, we'll, we'll just delete the audio from this show like it never happened. Uh, <laughs> Tom, my, my, my 9-11 joke, which uh, I will preference ahead of time, uh, I it's it's not meant to be offensive. I, I just can't avoid saying this. Uh, here goes, Tom. Knock, knock. Who's there? 9-11. 9-11 who? You said you'd never forget. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a pretty good one. On that note, we will get out of here. <laughs> never forget oh, the Jones report. <laughs> never forget. Never forget. In all seriousness, though, uh, we we still are, are thinking of uh, all of those that were affected, you know, here even 22 years later. One, one of my favorite experiences in New York was being at the 9-11 Memorial and uh, just, you know, witnessing that firsthand and honoring those that, you know, the, the, uh, that sacrificed that day, the heroes that, that saved people. Um, you know, it, it was, it was something else, very moving experience. And, uh, we certainly still think of those that were lost that day, you know, uh, uh, you know, one way or the other. So with that, uh, we will get out of here. Big thanks to Haley Lewis for stopping by coach Bo and you, the listener, as always subscribe to Jones Port. new episodes out each and every week. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, and uh, check us out on social media, uh, facebook.com slash Tyler Jones Live, facebook.com slash Studio Soapbox, Twitter at Tyler Jones Live, Twitter at Thomas underscore Bridges, Twitter at Studio Soapbox, Instagram, Tyler Jones Live, Instant Thomas, Jones underscore Report. You can find us there. For Haley Lewis, Thomas Bridges, Brian O'Connor, and our entire crew of Tyler Jones, thanks so long for another edition of Jones Report. We'll see you next week.